Welcome, everybody. January 25th, 2019. Welcome to the Whiskey Throttle Show here at the Troy Lee Design Saloon. We've got a really interesting show today. Um, a guy who's not been super open with the media, doesn't really like doing a lot of interviews. And so, as such, he's been uh, sort of a mystery as far as who this guy is, what makes him tick. Eli Tomac is here, current, current and reigning outdoor national champion two times in a row. Uh, so excited to get him on. Uh, Grant Langston, my co-host here, Donnie Bales over in our uh, producer spot. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Good to be here, as usual. Excited about this show? Yeah, yeah, I think it's going to be fun. I, I'm, uh, I had a lot of people say, oh, good luck getting him to say anything. It's going to be your shortest show ever, but I don't know. I think we'll get him to talk. Let's, it'll be interesting to see what happens. We can talk about hunting a lot. I bet he'll talk about that. Yeah, I don't know anything about hunting. Do you? No. Shit. <laughs> we need to know something about bow hunting. All right. Well, we'll make it up. Um, he's brought to you today by PowerDot. Uh, re- recovery for everybody is their motto. Uh, if you don't know what PowerDot is, go to PowerDot.com and check them out. Really, this is not only a must for any athlete, but uh, anybody. Uh, if you have sore muscles, injuries, if you ride, if you do anything physical and athletic, this thing is going to improve recovery time, repro- improve and shorten injury recovery time. And uh, it just feels good, too. The damn massage thing is like having your own masseuse living with you. Yeah. Runs right off your phone on a little app. It's so easy. Uh, it's amazing. Check those guys out. We got the Method Race Wheels front end chatter segment tonight. Uh, Decal Works bringing you the last call. Four wheel parts, uh, get at me QA. You can send in questions via Twitter and we'll answer those here on the show. Uh, Troy Lee Designs bringing us our 805 beer break. And Dunlop Tires just bringing you good traction and uh, the Whiskey Throttle Show in general. So thanks to those guys. Uh, Racer X, if, if you do not subscribe to Racer X, what the hell are you doing? Get over there and subscribe. Hands down the best website, racerexonline.com, and the best publication. We've got feature stories in there that you just don't get in any other publication. Historical, current event stuff, um, lots of cool columns, including one by myself. Uh, So check those guys out. Right now, if you go over and subscribe, you'll get a free Skosh portable phone charger. These things are rad. If you ever get out and about and your phone's dying on you, plug into this thing and get you back going, get you until you can get home and plug in. Also, they're giving 20% off. Racerex brand. So while you're on there, click on, get a t-shirt or something, get 20% off by typing in the code whiskey. Uh, so Racerex, $20 for an entire year subscription, and you get one of these Scotch chargers. It's easy peasy. And Just a calendar. And, and a calendar. Oh my gosh. We're losing money on this deal. <laughs> they right. pretty much do. I, I don't know how, I don't know. How, yeah, it's, it, $20 doesn't cost the production, doesn't cost what it, to cover what it costs to produce yeah. that magazine. I'll just say that. Anyway, all right. Um, so let's roll right into the Method Race Wheels front-end chatter. Uh, Method Race Wheels producing the toughest, lightest, fastest wheels uh, in the world, period. Uh, these guys do it all for trucks, vans, sprinters, SUVs, UTVs, anything you want. Uh, where they are, as I've mentioned multiple times, I just want to beat this into your heads, the Dirtfish Rally Driving School, they are a sponsor of that course up in Snoqualmie, Washington, and they're going to give away a free class. Uh, somebody... Go on to go onto this website, methodracewheels.com, find the Whiskey Throttle Show tag, and you can, you can uh, sign up to win. And you're going to join GL and I this spring up there uh, doing one of those rally driving classes, the premier rally driving school in the world. That's going to be awesome. You're not going to want to miss that. Um, and these guys, the, the wheels are incredible. Obviously, you can just make a car look nice, a vehicle look nice. Um, but also, they have um, uh, patented bead grip technology on their trail series 
uh, wheels. So you can air down if you actually do some legit off-roading. You can air it way down and it doesn't have any kind of chance of popping off the bead. So they, they are not just a, a pretty looking wheel. They have actually proven in racing. They actually have um, really off-road purposes that, uh, uh, that get it done. So don't let your vehicle look like a turd. Polish it up. Make it look cool. Method Race Wheels. Methodracewheels.com. All right. A couple things on here I want to chat about. Team Italy, we just found out, got DQ'd from the Motocross of Nations for running hot fuel. Um, I thought this was a little weird coming so late. Um, why, why is it taking, taking Way to be long? so timely. I mean, these guys must go to lunch with WADA. These yeah. guys are uh, taking forever to pass, pass down any kind of uh, penalties and judgments. But I guess good news for Great Britain. I think they bumped them up to third, right? And bumped us to fifth. Fifth. We did it. All right. I don't know if that's something to be that proud of. No, it but, isn't. Uh, that was a sarcastic fist bump. <clears throat> now, I was talking to Donnie earlier because we were saying, and I'm like, top five. For America on U.S. soil, that, that's a failure. Let's be honest. So even with DQ getting in the fifth place, it still wasn't a good day for them. But for the Italians, the question's got to be, how, how come their fuel was different than everyone else's? Um, a lot of times in Europe, they get them from similar dispensaries, if you want to call it that, that uh, control the different types of race gas in different parts. So who knows? Maybe they got something that wasn't... Well, they're not importing it. They're getting it from here. Well, a lot of teams do actually import uh, they, their own gas. They'll ship it over with they their will. bikes. Yeah. yeah, all right. Well, I mean, but maybe you're right. If they did purchase in the U.S., maybe they didn't. Maybe it was a language they, barrier. The guy that was supposed to bring the fuel, he's like, oh, I forgot. Let's just get some here. I want the kind that make the bike go very fast. <laughs> Let's go down to 76. and You forgot to say, and legal. Yeah. He got all high on our Pizza Hut pizza over here and uh, <laughs> he forgot the rules. Got, got, yeah, forgot the rules. So a pretty interesting deal, though. I mean, it is do, weird that it took that, that long. Do you think they... Here's, here's the thing that always, and we may never know, yeah. but like, do you think they intentionally went, hey, let's run this gas, it'll make our bikes, or, or was it just maybe uh, lazy management over there and they put the wrong fuel in? I, 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 I want to go with the second part, which I think it was probably someone didn't do their due diligence and something slipped through the cracks and then you realize it's kind of a big deal, but... Remember in the U.S., we had fuel issues with Team Omaha. I remember Reed being well, Carmichael. docked. Carmichael. He had yeah. a big stink about it, and then that's when they changed how they, you know. Anyway, they changed their tune on their, the way they were testing. But even Stuart and Cowie got busted, and everyone tried to fight it, saying we didn't do anything wrong. And it came down to they were saying because they were the, the, the fuel companies were reusing drums yeah. that had potentially had leaded fuel in them before there was just enough of a trace in a 55-gallon drum that when they siphoned into the dirt bikes, there was literally a hint, hint, hint. Even though they, were, they said when the teams fought it, it didn't give us any improvement. Can you yeah. say that that yeah. drop helped the bike? And they all said, no, it didn't, but you didn't follow the rules. Yeah. You, you, it, it only gives you a very small amount of parts per million. If you've got that trace amount in there, you're done. So uh, pretty interesting. That has to go to what is, the, what, is the, what is the intent and what is, you know. Well, that's the thing what to is me the that's intent? interesting is, does, did Italy really think, okay, we get, we'll get... How much extra no. performance out of our bikes? They've been running whatever rough fuel they've been running all year. That's what they're used to. You, they went, you don't want to deviate from they that. They went there into the pits, and they were like, Red Bull. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they were out uh, the night before. <laughs> grabbed the wrong can. <laughs> <laughs> they grabbed the can that guys were dumping on the fire. Yeah, exactly. Like, Speaking about coming in hot with hot fuel. <laughs> coming in real hot. So uh, anyway. Uh, that was strange. Our condolences to Team Italy uh, or... And congrats to, congrats to everyone else who benefited from it. Was it England that, that bumped into third? I want to say it was, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't remember. 
Well, and then Japan would have actually been in the main show. Don't, don't let. Uh, oh, is that right? They, they, were, the they, got bound, no. they were the first team not to make it. We don't like to let facts get in the way of a good story. So we're going to say congratulations to England for getting your podium. There you go. If it wasn't you, well, congratulations to whoever it was. Second thing I want to hit about is Cooper Webb. What is happening? This dude is two in a row now, crushing it. I mean, coming from behind, passing the best riders in the class. And it reminded me, I mentioned this to you when, you, when we talked earlier, it's like in 93 when McGrath won, I think it was Anaheim 2, he passed Jeff Stanton and took off for the win, and it was the start of a dynasty. And there's this strange hint of this same feeling for me. And I mean, that's, that's a, obviously a tall order to make, hey, but, yeah, yeah. but it looks similar. Like he is going by dudes and, and making it look easy. He is um, at the moment, and you know, if you look at any racer over time or any champions, you got to have the confidence. You got to have all the pieces together. And um, uh, the thing with Cooper Webb was when when he signed with Yamaha on that 450 deal, I don't think he really anticipated how big of a jump it was going to be. I think he just thought he was going to kind of slip in there, you know, be right up in there in the mix, and he would win within a matter of time. And then that whole transition. Sort of, you could tell when it didn't go exactly how he wanted, it sort of demoralized him. Mm-hmm. And he struggled a little bit. He made a switch, and I said, this is going to be the beginning or potentially the end of the rest of his career. He's either going to click, gel yeah. with Roger and that whole program and move forward. Because if he didn't, it's like going to Mitch Payton. If you don't go there and succeed or win races or be a champion, you're probably never going to get offered elsewhere, right? So going there was a big risk, and I think, Cooper went there going, I need to perform. He's put everything, I think, on the table. And he's not only looked good the last two rounds, I think he's looked good at every round, especially Anaheim 1, where he was the sleeper that we, you know, go look at lap times. He was killing it. But any race, and I think Cooper Webb's a very headstrong person, and I do think that the scary thing is he's got that confidence back that when he had in the 250 days, you didn't show up and say, oh, I wonder who's going to win. It was like, I wonder who's going to beat Coop- who can beat Cooper this weekend. You know, that was more the question you got in his prime. And it's crazy to just see that light switch like that. And, and some people might be going, is the KTM that much better than the Yamaha? I don't know if it's all that in a bag of chips, meaning the difference. I think he needed something different. I think the KTM is better suited for lighter guys. I've said that many a time. I think bigger, stronger guys are more suited to the Yamaha. So I think some of those little subtle changes help. Then when you go somewhere where it's, I got to sink – I mean, I got a swim where I'm going to sink. He's now gone there, put it all on the line, and I think it's uh, it's done to pay off. Hey, I I did uh, their their video uh, team shoot, and uh, I he looked very comfortable on the bike when I was. At, but but you know how it is at the practice tracks, you never know. Yeah, but he, he did look really comfortable on the yeah, bike. Yeah, yeah, the race day tells it all. Well, he's he's definitely getting it done, so it'll be interesting to follow the rest of that. Um, let's go ahead and bring up our featured guest. We got a lot to get to with this guy, so let's bring up Eli Tomac. All right, Eli Tomac brought to you by PowerDot. Go to PowerDot.com and check those out. Uh, we're going to try to even get one of Eli's, Eli one of those today so he can uh, have an experience with those things. Um, Eli, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, yeah. excited. Haven't seen you in a bit. You kind of hide out up in Cortez, so it's good to see you. Yeah, I mean, well, we hide out in Cortez from February till November, but... Uh, the rest of the time is out here in, in SoCal, yeah. up in Corona. I spend the majority of my time in, or at this, we call it K1 track, which is just right off the freeway there. Yep. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of where we do our, our winter training. Yeah. Yeah. And you're not a, not, a, not a big fan of California. We've talked about that before. Yeah, but... I'm not either. I, I'm not knocking I'm not, because I pretty much hate it. Yeah, you can complain about it, but what we do for a living is pretty sweet. 
And yeah. as you get older, you realize like how good you really have it compared yeah. to when you're say 19 or 20 and you're like, man, this sucks while I'm out here, blah, blah, blah. As you get older, it's like, you know, you really realize like what you got and how sweet it is to have this as a job. And so that's yeah. kind of how I roll with it. Yeah. Do you feel like you've kind of, uh, as you get older, you appreciate it more and more? Like you kind of realize like, you know what? Yep. I was kind of an asshole, but this is really uh-huh. cool. And even though it does suck sitting in traffic on the 91 sometimes. Yeah. Like it's, right. it's funny. It's changed for me like the past year or two to where I just appreciate, like, like I said, like racing a dirt yeah. bike for a living. And even more, even after I wrecked my shoulders in 15, that's when it kind of, you know, I had that, like, I don't know, it just like came to me like, man, um, when I, th- the time off I had on the bike, I really realized what I was missing. Mm. So that happens. I think you have yeah. a big one and it's yeah. like, you, you miss it. Yeah. You miss it. Yeah. Like, like, man, I, I miss waking up in the morning and like having something to do. Like for me, not having something to do and go chase in the morning is what really drove me crazy. Yeah. I've always, and I'll ask you this question. You talked about 15 and the issues. Do you think I'm someone that I try to look at the positive. Do you think maybe that was the silver lining to the dark cloud? Was it kind of opened your eyes up a little bit and go, hang on a second. Even though this sucked, I still something I really am passionate about. Yeah, it did. It, it, it's, it's what it did is like it, I realized how passionate I was about it. Yeah. And beforehand, maybe I just took little, those things for granted. Granted, yeah. Yep. See, I was hurt so much during my career that I, didn't, I never had a chance to. <laughs> yeah, I feel the same way. I, I feel the same way. <laughs> I never really crossed my mind. I was just like, how long is this going to take now? <laughs> um, Eli, let's, let's, take, let's go back. This is kind of our routine here. I want to start at the very beginning. Okay. Um, Tell us about Colorado. I mean, you, you were born and raised in Cortez, yeah? Which is nowhere near. Yep. Well, I was born in Durango. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. And then we were, <clears throat> I was four. We moved to Cortez, but that was, okay. it's 45 minutes down the road, yeah. Same was, your, was your dad still racing when you guys moved to Cortez when you were four? He was just at the tail end of his okay. career. He was just doing a couple downhill events here and there, and, and then he, he had his, his Tomac team for a little bit, but yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, did you... Did they try to get you into mountain bike racing? Was that a, something they pushed on you at all, or like? No, there there was never a push. So, I started with BMX and and kind of moto at the same time, and somehow I just like the moto thing was was there. And just, I must have yeah. enjoyed it more. They saw something there, so um, I somehow ended up down the moto route. Who, who got you your first bike? Or, like, how did you guys find <clears throat> racing? You know, I, I always like that story. It's like, it's like you have a friend that rode or you a buddy or something. And Yeah, I mean, well, it was my dad. He rode. Um, you know, that's what he did as, as, as his hobby was, was moto and, oh, okay. um, you know, on, huh. his, on his days off. So Was, it, was he good on a bike? Uh, he was, well, he, he won the vet class at, at Loretta's in the Vet B30 plus did or really? whatever it was. That yeah. means he's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a title at good. Loretta's, huh? I was just calling it intermediate, you know. Was that a title before you got a title? Or? Yeah, it was. I think it was in 2000 or 2001. It's, it's not often you hear about a mountain biker cross-training on a dirt bike. It's usually the dirt bike rider cross-training on a mountain bike, so that's kind of cool. There is some guys, though, uh, Aaron Gwynn, uh, who your dad used to train. He rides mm-hmm. a lot. So there There's been a several over the years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good training. I mean, there's not anything that's more closely related, probably, downhill Basically. mountain biking and moto. Yeah. Um, what was your first bike? Uh, PW50. Yeah. So that's what I got for Christmas. And yeah, that was, that was it. And then from then, how long until you got your bike till you got to your first race and where was your first race? My first race was in Mancus, 
which was this, it's a really small town between Cortez and Durango. Okay. Um, it's kind of a bummer. The track shut down, of course, oh. you know, like, I don't know, maybe, uh, when I was probably 10. So it was there, for, you know, oh, till bummer. I don't know, like 99 or something. So, um, that was the first race. And then we had another local track called Aztec and that was in New Mexico. That's like, an hour, that, yeah. Yeah. That's like an hour and a half from us. Um, those were our two local tracks was Mancus and Aztec. Jeez. The Aztec one's still going and it actually got going again. So it's good to see some local scene. Is there any other riders up there? I mean, do there, you there are, there's a lot of, there's a lot of trail riders okay. in the area. Um, it's cool that the Aztec track opened back up. I haven't been there for years, but, um, at least there's, there's something. It's not like yeah. super close to the, to, uh, Durango and, and say Cortez. Um, I think there's a lot of potential there, but you know, just nothing's come up or no one's done anything with it yet. Yeah. Problem is when you, when you, I feel like you don't have enough of a motocross community in a in a condensed area it makes it really tough it usually ends up being someone's private property yeah. and someone's private property because you don't have the masses yeah i mean that that is tough right i mean who wants to take the risk with buying the property and then getting their, their yeah. investment back it's, it's yeah. tough yeah it is tough. it's a tough way to make a living yeah. running a track yep um so when you guys started racing was it it was just for fun as a family or were, were you kind of like serious right away with it? <laughs> I mean, knowing your parents, because they were both professional. I mean, your mom raced too, right? She was a... I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, she did, some, she did mom some was da- downhill mountain biking. Yeah. She looks athletic um, every time I see you. What, they call her super mom or something like that? I, I don't know if she had a nickname, but she has like a silver medal at one of the worlds downhill. Um, but yeah, going back to us, like getting serious into it. So somehow, you know, the PW50 turns into a Cobra 50, and then that turns into a 65, and then you end up at Ponca, and then the next year you end up at Loretta's, and um, it somehow just keeps snowballing from there. Yeah. Uh, I think when I was probably 12 or 13 years old was really, the, well, yeah, probably 12 or 13, like when I had my first Suzuki support, uh-huh. that was that. when it was like, you know, you... It's kind of, it sounds crazy at 13 years old, but you had to kind of make the commitment yeah. of really being into it, it. That is motocross, though. Yeah. I mean, a lot of sports, yeah. it's like 16-ish um, where you really theoretically commit, meaning not just mentally but everything else. But in our sport, if you start that at 16, you've almost missed the boat. A totally. lot of times you've missed that, that amateur yeah. support deal that gets you into a factory well, ride. Well, all the, the other sports usually come from high school, right? So all the stick and ball sports is yeah, but really new excel is through high school. I don't know, man, because my girls are playing competitive soccer now, travel soccer, and it's, there's kids that are 8, 9, 10. And into it. Into it. Like every night of the week, they've got a two-hour practice session and tournaments like every weekend. Fun. Especially yeah, for well, the parents. Love the parenting part of that. <laughs> it's definitely not as fun as being a dad at the motocross track. <laughs> yeah. I imagine, but, um, that's crazy. I remember you. That's kind of like where I pick you up from the very beginning. It was when you were working with Budman on an RM80, riding Troy with this yeah. helmet, maybe right here, or yeah. one of these. Yeah, the, um, this, this yellow one would have been the, the, um, the 85 days, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So anyway, I, yeah, you were, uh, I remember seeing you around back then, and um, at it's, that point, you guys were fully committed. It and you had competitive parents, so, like, that's just going to happen, right? Competitive, but at the same time, they didn't, like, drive me into the ground, like, oh. to where I wasn't going to get, like, totally beaten or something, yeah. you know, like, if I didn't Like, perform. they kind of let me choose my path, but when they, they let me realize, too, that it, that it should, you know, if we're going to spend all this time and, and effort into it, uh, you know, you need to be 
be serious about it. Yeah. yeah. So this, I, we found this picture. Uh, um, Chris Holtner shot this photo. I don't remember the year. You'd have to tell me, but that's Blake Baggett, number one seventy nine. Yeah. <laughs> How funny I, is that? I might even be Barsha behind us on the. Oh, I think the, you're right. Yeah. yeah. Looks like him. But yeah, it's funny. <laughs> no, that's, that's that still got the it's really all on the same the guys racing each other. We're all yeah. just, just older. That is Barsha back Yeah, there. you can yeah. tell because he's still wide open. He's got the clutch. <laughs> <laughs> did uh, you did yeah. you talk to those guys or anything at this time? I mean, what was your interaction with the... We're talking about the guys you race now. Did you have any interaction with them at that time? A little bit. I um, Probably when we got to our super mini age, like in that, that age group there, it seemed like kind of stayed our... Or kept our distance, you know. Yeah. Um, but before that, yeah, we all kind of hung out. It was like Paluzzi, Baggett, um, gosh, who was who was uh, Dylan Schmoke. Like uh, every, we had all kind of our own group, and you know we'd all go ride the BMX jumps, and then we would just kind of go race our dirt bikes. But once we got to that age, is when it you know it gets, it gets serious. It gets and serious. It's, you're not, you're not I, hanging out yeah. riding BMX bikes. Yeah, together, you're not you know? doing that yeah. anymore. I, I almost feel like. <laughs> Most of the time, it's like the parents that almost create that rift. Like, you don't want to be talking to your competitors, you know, these other kids. Because the kids want to be kids, and then they get to that age eight racing each other. And then I feel like the parents almost keep them away from yeah. their competitors. And then by the Absolutely. time they're older, they're taking out those guys anyway, so it's, they can handle it themselves. It's kind of strange in our sport that, that it is so separate when you spend so much time with these guys, and maybe not personal time, but you're on the track and in the same place with these guys day in and day out all the time. But I think it's a lot like any individual sport. It's not like a basketball team, yeah. right? Where you're a team. It's mm -hmm. you versus this guy and you versus that guy. And so mm -hmm. they're the enemy that way a little bit. Yeah. I know that's weird as a 13 year old to think that way, but that's kind of how you get. <laughs> I had a, yeah. uh, I grew up with like Craig Decker, Damon Huffman, Metzger. Um, those are the guys that kind of made it through, but, um, yeah, you get rivalries like the Deckers and I, we hated each other for a long time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And, you know, they're great people now. I, we get along, but it's funny what racing will, will do. Like, yeah, I mean, it's just rivalries. Like, yeah. that, that's what it is. Yeah. Everyone helps you on your way to the top, and then when you get to the top, everyone wants to see you fail. <laughs> how much of that is hype and how much of that is real? What? The rivalry. I mean, like, the media is always pushing this. Oh, they're against, you know, this and that. And then, well, at an amateur level, I don't think it's media. It's just. No, but I'm talking at a pro you. level, right? It's yeah, just, I don't know. it's kind of different for each guy. I think um, it it seems like in the 450 class, everyone's a little more mature and kind of I don't know. They've made all those mistakes yeah, before. But in the 250 class, it's just like you're going out there just to to, to kill, seek and destroy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it kind of is. Yeah, I do. You have any guys that you have kind of beef with that's carried over? Like I know you and Dean Wilson had that one run in yeah but even guys like that i've kind of gotten over that yeah that uh like that that kind of like grudge so yeah i mean that's just how things change yeah i mean i'm still going out there and i'm wanting to beat all of them but i don't like i don't like my eyes don't turn red as soon as i see them on the track now you know yeah well there's, well, that's, there's that's smart though because if if you go out there and go I'm, i gotta get this guy back i'm gonna get that guy back you lose focus on the big picture, <laughs> and then guess what? If you do take them out, maybe you do. Maybe you both go down. What are you benefiting? You know, if yeah. you championship yeah. mentality, you got to let the little things go. Mm -hmm. Well, it's like what uh, we talked about after the opening round when Adam Cincerillo got so squirrely. Just kind of, I said, man, it looked like you let emotion creep in, and you, yeah. you were riding emotionally instead of just like 
how you know how to ride a motorcycle, mm-hmm. right? Go out and do your job. And I had a tendency to do that. I, I speaking yeah. from experience because I would be like, I hate that guy. I'm going to get him, you know, and I'm not focused on, you <laughs> know, after else. a while, you'll hate everybody because everyone roosts you or cuts point, you off from blocks you. Bosses you yeah. <laughs> so I pretty much hated everyone at a point, and that's not a good way to race. <laughs> because like you said, okay, maybe you have an incident with a guy, but if you retaliate back, well, he's just going to do it back. You, you're hurting each other. You know, you have to just kind of go, okay, let's move on. Big picture. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what about your, what was your biggest successes as an amateur? You have Loretta's titles too? Did you beat your dad? I mean, Loretta's titles, I think I have eight, but I mean, at the end of those, at the end of the day, what do those really matter, right? As long as it gets you to your pro ride. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, those, those things are just, they're just amateur titles. Yeah. I know it's, isn't that weird? You think at the time it means everything. Like you're going to die if you don't win that title, right? Yeah. And it doesn't. I, think that, I mean, really, the most important thing is to build the, to get to your your pro level team and like you know have a solid foundation, right? Have a good ride. Yeah, have a good ride. Yeah, yeah, yep. And I feel like now there's way more good rides than there used to be. It used to be in the '90s or, or early 2000s. Yeah, you had you you either got on a factory team or you were riding. You you were, you were trying to make a plan with a yeah. small team. Yeah. But now, if you look in the 450s, especially, I think you've got more good riders and you got good rides because if you look at the end of each season mm-hmm. it's like musical chairs there's always a couple good guys that yeah. are left without a ride and having to figure things out so there's a lot of depth there for sure yeah what about your first pro race that transition to pro you actually we talked about this earlier won your first outdoor national ever on a 250 mm-hmm. which we've got to do some research on this maybe the only time him and Did Stuart. Stuart win his first out Yeah, you know what? Yeah. It's, it's not clear, but uh, I kind of looked it up. Stuart did win his first. Our producer first really dropping the ball over yeah, here on the facts. That's what I do. I fell over, and he got the moto win in the overall. Who? Stuart, 02. Mm. So I do recall that. And he was the, um, the next. Mm. So congrats. But yeah, yeah, going, going to, yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, a, that's a very small uh, Hang, group you got there. Yeah. Hangtown, it was like, that was, that was unexpected. Really? You didn't think it was, that was unex- coming? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, going to win your first pro race, like, yeah, that's unexpected. What was your goal? Like, what did you think would maybe happen? Top five? I, I think top five would have been, like, an awesome day. Like, would have been stoked. Because some riders go there going, I've literally trained for this. I believe I can win. Some guys go there, it's my first race. I don't want to put too much pressure on. You went there and dominated. My question that I was going to add to that is, Yes, you answered the first part. That was a surprise. Were you then surprised because we saw that you struggled a little bit after that? Mm-hmm. I think you had some heat I exhaustion. Big, big time. <laughs> I struggled big time. And, and, and that can be <clears throat> tough for a rider because you came out, you're like, oh, I didn't expect to win. And then all of a sudden... Oh. It was like I was like, at hang time, I was like on a sugar high. Like I was just, yeah. And then, you know, the rest of the season was just was just this, really. And I don't... I, it was like I was running on adrenaline that day. Um, at the end of the day, I was... Absolutely cooked. I don't yeah. know if I've ever been that, you know, cooked in my entire lo- career, really. Um, but then it was then it was the reality check of being able to be strong enough to get through those two motos and just, yeah, being able to get through that whole day. Yeah. Was it, I, I'm trying to go back, and it's been a while now, but was it Texas that got really hot? Yeah. Yep. That's where you had the... And it yep. was like you almost couldn't, you didn't recover from that even physically. It was both. It was physic- physically and mentally... I, I don't know which one to point my finger at more so, but it was both. Yeah. Like, cause it, as soon as I would start getting hot after that Texas race, I would shut down mentally and kind of freak out. Cause I was scared to get to that level again of, 
I was just like, yeah. I like boiled myself in yeah. Texas. It, it was it, scary. It is dangerous. Yeah. In our sport that we race in these conditions sometimes. It's difference between being a fit athlete and sometimes I feel like yeah. we're on the verge of it's dangerous. Well, Texas was terrible. Uh, I mean, I'm glad we don't have I went there once anymore. and I, I, I agree with you on that one. When I was, uh, I think it was 09 or 2010. It was 2010 because BT was BT, running for yep. us. There was a couple of people that had heat stroke, yep. mm-hmm. right? There's heat exhaustion, which is sort of first level, and then heat stroke where you stop sweating and you are literally cooking yourself. Yeah. And we were packing ice on it. It was a girl. It was because the WX race was going on. Mm-hmm. And we were just burying this girl in ice trying to get her to cool off because she was frying yeah. like an egg. It was scary. <coughs> yeah. So there was a lot of you guys that were, do I even I mean, ride that, this next moto? So I don't know, <laughs> man. You know, This is pretty funny. I mean, we went to the point, I think it was even, might have been the year after that. There was a hot one in Elsinore. Mm-hmm. Yes. And my dad zip-tied. Uh, dry ice onto my chest protector. Like, that's how mental I was going. Really? Just to stay cool before the race. On the outside of the front? Or where was it? It must have been, yeah. We, like, made these little... Because then it, the, the, the... Then this, yeah, this makes steam sense. comes steam. off in, into your cool jersey. <laughs> that's cool <Yeah>. air. <laughs> wow. But... Did it work? It kind of worked. And yeah. then, like, a piece fell out and went down my, my butt. And it was, it was, <laughs> and bad. Then, it was bad. It, did it, do you have a skin burn? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. the thing with dry ice. It'll burn you. Oh, hell yeah. Touch. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of people. I know that was when they made another really big push about IVs because a lot of people were getting IVs. Mm-hmm. I got solicited to, hey, could you give some guys IVs? And I was like, no. You know, I was a medic at the time, but I'm like, I, that's out of my county. That's illegal over there. Like, I'm out on that. Yeah. But, uh, I know it was happening a lot. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I wasn't no, doing it. I, no, I'm not saying you. I'm just saying it was a. It became a big issue because yeah. guys were, you know, they didn't want to not race, but they were in a bad spot after the first month. Yeah. So it was a rule that I think they could have worked at to try and help people. Their 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 theory was well, if we allowed this to be done, the factory riders with the big budgets will get IVs, and the poor privateers won't get anything. And I said, you've got a medical truck there. Stock up with IVs and charge anybody and everybody that comes in. Yeah, listen, a, a bag of fee. a bag of normal saline and a and a line and a catheter costs you ten bucks, maybe. Mm-hmm. Right? Charge ten bucks. Oh, you'd have a line out the door at the hot races, <laughs> but I mean, for the safety of the riders, it yeah. might be worth it. Yeah, I, I I agree. That's a tough rule. Mm-hmm. Um, who'd you look up to as a kid? Who are your idols? Gosh, I mean, the guys that that come to mind. Like, I, I loved watching Reed in Supercross, like, this technique. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was the guy I watched most. I mean, you know, he, I always admired, like, RC's, all of his wins. It was, yeah, so it was Reed, RC, and, and James, too. Mm-hmm. Like, those are the guys I watched that was, the most. They, I mean, that was a great era. Yeah. Growing up yeah. watching yeah. that. That was a lot yeah, of Yeah, I mean, we would, we would go to, like, our race, our local race was Phoenix. We'd drive down from Cortez and go to Phoenix and watch. That's, mm-hmm. like, the one thing I remember. Yeah. yeah. Yep. First Supercross I ever went to was in Phoenix because I was living there at the time. 87, maybe? I'm really old. And uh, <laughs> the track then, it was in Sun Devil Stadium. It was the open air stadium yep. there. And they used truck beds, like uh, flatbed truck trailers, to make the jumps. Some of them. Because I think they raced trucks there or buggies or something and bikes. It was some weird deal. Anyway. Um, so did you take anything from watching those guys, like their style or anything about? Um, work ethic, or was there stuff you picked up from all those guys? Uh, I mean, I always, I, I love to watch reading the whoops. So 
maybe like body position and, and a little bit of technique. Mm-hmm. Um, there wasn't like, like one thing that I that really, you know, I don't know. I just, I just kind of watched them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so who helped you with your technique then? Like as you were trying to learn and grow, was it just teams that you were working with? Budman, like yeah, you mentioned. You know, Buddy Antonez. Yeah. Um, gosh, you know, even my dad has a pretty good eye, like with a lot of things, like keeping your, your, your feet, you know, riding on the balls of your feet. That was one thing we really focused on. Um, where we worked with Rhino some, uh, and we, yeah, I mean, that was, that was, that yeah. was kind of it. I remember you working with Rhino a bit, doing a lot of gym stuff. I mean, did, did he work with you on the bike too? He did. Yeah. I mean, a lot of his stuff is, is beneficial on the bike. So yeah. Yeah. He, it, Rhino's funny to me. I, I, I'm, I want to have him on the show at some point, but it's like, he has some solid nuggets. We're like, yeah, that is, he's a hundred percent spot on with that. And then he'll say some crazy stuff about yoga or like, you know, something. And you're like, huh, ah, all right. Anyway. And we're all wired differently, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, everyone, yeah, everyone's got their thing, right? Rhino yeah. trips me out, man. He's, he's crazy. Yeah. Um, <coughs> so, um, okay. So when you came out of amateurs and, and you were looking for a pro ride, what made you go with Geico Honda? Well, the, the biggest thing at the time was, was actually just, just getting a ride because I, I was on Suzuki at the time and it was 2000, 2008. It was when, or, or gosh, was it eight or nine? That's when the economy went this way. Yeah, and Suzuki yeah. basically didn't have any budget for me. So I, you know, that, that really was what steered me towards factory connection. And I, you know, they, they gave me, um, the support we needed. Yeah. Um, then that, that was, that was really one of my big options. Yeah. Did you talk to Mitch or any other teams? We well, Yamaha, my, my Yamaha dad, story? my dad did most of like, you know, the, the talk and negotiating, but, um, it, it was really between Suzuki or factory connection at the time. It was. Okay. Yeah. I think he did talk to Mitch, but I don't think it really, nothing really came about it. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. And it ended up being a good, a good program for oh, you. Oh yeah. Right? It I was, mean, it was great. Yeah. It was, it was awesome. Uh, is there anything that in that while your your time in the two fifty class there was there anything you didn't accomplish that you wanted to? I you feel like you kind of did yeah, everything. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the first Supercross season, I lost it by two or three points. Yeah. Um, and then the two thousand thirteen Supercross, once again, I lost it by two or three points. Was that the year you went down at San Diego in the whoops hard? Yep. Wait, no. That the the year I did my elbow in the whoops, I was the year I won, which was twelve. Oh, okay. I remember I was with Oakland. I went down in Oakland in 13. Um, and that was the, the year that Roxon got me. Okay. Um, yeah. But I, the, the first year, you know, I, I totally had the opportunity in Vegas and I, I just didn't get it done. Uh, yeah. That was Tickle. Tickle beat me. Oh, um, yeah. That's right. It went down the final race. was like whoever beat who would win. And he just had a better race than me. Yeah. But yeah, that's one thing I would, I would like to have back in my 250. Was that, at that um, point in time, was that like the highest pressure situation you'd ever been in oh yeah it was it was massive pressure <laughs> what's I mean, that like i, I mean, had a chance at, at a championship my first yeah. year yeah it, for people who don't will never experience that i mean what is that going to the line and knowing okay this everything everything i've worked for and you're saying this at the time everything i've worked for my whole life it, trying it comes, not to comes out to this. right now but i mean that's what yeah. in the back of your head you're thinking right like <laughs> yeah, I mean, it really is like the most pressure you've ever had. And, 
uh, that's that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. And Vegas to me is one of those tracks you do not want to go to in the championship on the <laughs> no. line because it's so easy to lose your rhythm or not get your rhythm. Yeah, and so easy for someone to just just click on that night. Well, yeah. And I always thought, or they put water down. Yeah, and it's muddy, it changes everything. Or some guy who's had a bad season's like, I'm gonna win this thing. No I'm gonna go what. out with a bang. Yeah, so there's yeah. all up in your face. Yeah, Ugh, sketchy. What was the hardest thing moving to the 450 class? Because obviously you had success in 250s. Yeah. Everyone makes that jump. And yep. for everyone, I think it's a little bit different. Oh, it's it's a lot different. Like I was in 13, I was so comfortable on my on my 250, right? And then you you know you try to you you're trying to bring that onto your or into the 450, and it's just a, a different ball game. Um, you know, you're you're racing guys that you're intimidated by. You know, yep. I was racing. Uh, you know, RV was there, Dungey was in there, um, James was there, and it just, like, mentally, it's in- intimidating. Yeah. You know, you have to believe, you know, you have to, or, or to, to be there, you got to believe it, right? Yeah. And it, that's what's hard to get past is, is the mental side of it, and then, um, you, you, once again, you have to, like, you have to learn the 450, and you have to know what you want, and know, I mean, you just have to learn, learn the bike. Do you have to change the style much? Or your technique, maybe? Yeah, you do. But I think you, in the 250 class, you can get away with a lot of things that you can't get away with in the 450 class, mm-hmm. which is like, I mean, I think the, the motorcycle and making it fit you is, is huge in the 450 class. Yeah. And you had some issues with that Geico Honda 450 at first. Those Hondas <clears throat> in stock trim from 09 to, yeah, even further than that a little bit. They weren't awesome with the handling. Mm-hmm. And I remember that Stock first form was year. Tough, yeah. I remember that first year. You struggled to just find the setup. I would, a lot I would have struggled just to like hang on to the thing for twenty laps. Mm. That's the thing is being able to find, you know, the the setting that you can hang on to for the full distance too. And how much? So you know, a lot of guys were going, "Man, he, this Geico Honda team, it's factory connection. How can he not get it to handle?" But it's not just suspension, right? I mean, we we had bones on, and he was talking a lot about chassis, and it's engine mounts and it's frame and it's triple clamps and it's it's so many moving parts, parts and then making that work with the suspension and work with the engine and the rider i mean <laughs> yeah yeah there was we did some crazy things it what year was it? it was either 14 we went as far as like changing you know the swing arm and stuff mm-hmm. like to an older swing arm um just searching you know mm-hmm. um at one time i was like on the the um you know the 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 American Honda stuff, and then we basically went back to an FC style, and yeah, I was was I was searching this. <laughs> Just hunting. Yeah, but and, and and you could see when you were struggling, a lot of it was turns. You know, you'd push the front end. I remember, but then when you found something that clicked, it was like obvious. And I I think that summer, what summer was it? Fifteen when you did your shoulder. Yeah, fifteen. Man, I've never there, seen yeah. a guy. I don't think anyone to this point has ever dominated the first five rounds of a series the way you did. You were five gone, photos. dude, like a five minute. Photos. Yeah, photos. Yeah. Oh, five motos. That's what I meant. Yeah, not. Yeah, rounds. Hangtown was. I've. I don't, I, I've. That was. That was. I don't know if I've ever gone that fast on dirt bikes since then. <laughs> but it, I, know, it just I was, didn't last. I was doing the announcing, <laughs> and Wygan's asking me like, "How's he going so fast?" And you feel like. You don't want to. You can't swear on TV, but you want to say, "I don't freaking know." <laughs> I don't know. Just I'm everything. looking at the lap times. It doesn't make sense. Like we haven't seen anything like that since Carmichael days, and yeah. even then, 
We went and looked. Ricky never actually won by as big a gap as he did, except for when he lapped everyone in that mud race. But we were just going, cool, how do we make this entertaining for TV? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are a real pain in the ass. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> but no, man, I'm, it's, the lead you had, I think, Hangtown, after, by the time you crossed the finish line after three laps was about 20 seconds. And I was just like... Moto what 2 was, was insane. Wasn't it yeah. over a yeah. minute? Like your lead was over a minute? But like three laps, like he had a 20 30, second yeah. lead. Like he was coming around the finish line and everybody else was at that part of the track. And there would go Eli and then came the gaggle of 39 <laughs> other guys. <laughs> what are you thinking in your head when you're, you're just pulling away well, like when that? Well, it, when, when it's that, when you're doing things like that, it's, it's easy. Yeah. So fun, huh? It's just fun and it's easy. You can't make a mistake. Yeah. You, Every, everything, even if the bike jumps something, you just like make it work. Yeah, huh? it, just, it just works. Like, and it's, it's easy. It's the best way to explain it. So okay. th- 39 other people shaking their heads. Yeah. They're just like. Yeah, that had to be. I, I was thinking after the first two rounds what those other guys must be thinking. Like, well, I guess second place it is. <laughs> I mean, what are you going to do? Uh, you could make, if a guy beat you by 10 seconds, all right, we could chop that down. You're not going to make up a minute and a half no. over, you know, a 35-minute moto. Yeah. All right. So take us to the sixth moto. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was leading that again. You were again. leading again. I was leading again. Yeah. country mile. Yeah. Way up front. And that downhill's claimed the, so many yep. people at Lake. I just got – I was actually I, – I think I was actually trying to go even faster because it was – once again, I thought it was easy, and it, but then it just – it bit me. Yeah. I even think it, it like that section's a little bit off camber. It is, and then that that dirt's got a little bit of like clay in it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, sometimes you'll you'll just lose it, and you don't really expect it. Yeah, you know. And I it I just high sided bad. Yeah. So when you and watch you hit, that hit the ground and came to that and, sudden and stop, sudden that's stop. that always like the thing. Boom, stop. Well, and the thing about that crash when you watch it back, I, if you could have rolled to flat ground, yep, it wouldn't have been so bad. It's like yeah. you landed. In the rut, and both of your rut. shoulders caught the high sides, yep. and just like your ch- your chest went to the bottom of the rut, and your shoulders were yeah. like on your back. And, yeah, was, and even your boot blew off. Because I remember my, when they almost were, ripped my boot off. When yeah. you were getting off the track, I'm like, oh, he's broken his leg. Leg, yeah. yeah. I'm like, look, it's dangling. Yeah, <laughs> I've never seen someone's boot get ripped halfway out. Yeah. So that that, that was an interesting crash. <laughs> and but after that, the surgeries, the the time off, I know you mentioned a little earlier, mentally there was some, some good that came from it, but mm-hmm. physically, how, uh, how much do you think that hurt and held you back? It, what's crazy about it is you think you're, once you recover, right, and you're, you get back on your bike and you, you know, say a month or two down the road on your bike, you're like, yeah, you know, I feel like I'm back to normal, but I didn't really realize I wasn't back to normal probably for maybe eight months to a year to where I really realized, man, I, I had some, you know, just catching up to do. Yeah. Like, it, it, it did look a little bit like that from the outside, from someone mm-hmm. some that studied you quite a bit. When you came back, I remember saying, he doesn't quite look. It you, just wasn't you, the you same. He even looked a little, like, yeah. a little tighter, like maybe you didn't I mean, have the My shoulders just had the... general weakness in them still. Yeah. yeah. Like my left side, the rotator cuff, I did my rotator cuff on the left one. That's the one that took a lot of time to, to really get back to normal. When you, when you were like, got rolled off the track, were you like, they're, they're smoked. Like both, did you know? Well, both I, knew, my shoulders. I knew my right one was dislocated. So I knew that was like, okay. It was bad. Like it hurt like crazy. And then the left one, which ended up being worse because it was the rotator cuff injury. Like I had a bunch of tears in the left one. 
Um, you know, it, it didn't hurt as bad at first, but mm. then that night when I was laying in bed, it like felt like someone just had a knife in my shoulder. I'm like, that one's probably jacked too. And it, did they put the right one back in on the track? Back in the asterisk, yeah, rig. Okay. in the rig. Yep, they reduced it there. Yep, Alpine Star Medical Rig now. But oh, it was, oh, yeah. was asterisk there. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah you, no, uh, you were right though. <clears throat> it's so automatic. I, I, Come I on, Alpine gun. Stars yeah. guy. Yeah, <laughs> I'm looking at your shirt. Are you sure it was an asterisk? <laughs> okay, we'll leave an asterisk next to that one. Um, um, all right. So what about uh, you, you're talking about that comeback, that physical therapy? Mm-hmm. Was that way harder than you thought it would be? Have you you've never had you had never had a big injury like I that? I never even had a surgery before. Oh, that, really? Before that time, so that was that was that was a scary. Mm-hmm. I was scared just to go under the knife. So were you? Um, and then I was up? I was doubled up. Oh, I had that. Yeah, I don't even want to get into the details, but yeah, nothing yeah. worse than having to ask someone to wipe, wipe your rear well, end. I've done That's both arms. Pretty before. humiliating. <laughs> Who did it? Hey, honey. <laughs> Who cleaned you up? <laughs> Dude, I, I, like, <laughs> He's like, uh, I, I had a stick. Oh, like, no. Like tongs, yeah. You wrapped in toilet yeah, paper. Yeah, wrapped in toilet paper. <laughs> Even went out and bought a bidet. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't blame you. It was you. bad. Smart man. Luckily, I was he, double, kept, he kept his privacy. Double, double like, sling for two weeks before I could take one off. <sighs> How about sleeping? That's a good time. Yeah, I just, I just sleep upright. I can't even lay down flat. Yeah, lazy boy chair yep, or lazy something. boy chair for probably two weeks. Terrible. Terrible. Were you, like, using... I mean, you got to take pain meds at that mm-hmm. point, right? Like, I remember on my bad surgeries, I'm just, that's the only way I could sleep. I would yeah. just take pills till I fall asleep. Yep. It's crazy. You can see how that guys... and the game ready. The game ready was a lifesaver, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Machine, yeah. Those were good. Helps a lot. Yep. Well, especially when you're coming back from surgery, you know, they've gone in there, they talk about scar tissue. If you've ever actually watched a doctor do surgery, you think that they're oh. all meti- They come in, they're like, hua, hua, hua. <laughs> <laughs> All right, send them off. And you're like, man, I've got a lot of scar tissue. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so they're getting ready to get some of that swelling out from all that construction yeah. work he was yeah. doing there on the there's shoulder some, blade. There's some scar tissue. We had a Makita drill in yeah. there and a chisel. And uh, then the drill bit broke. Yeah. So then we had to hammer it out. <laughs> <laughs> that physical therapy stuff too, right? Like I've done knees a bunch and getting that they're range like, okay, of motion. We're gonna, we got to get your oh, yeah. flexibility back. And then you got to yeah. get it back. And it's, it's yeah. I've never it's done shoulders, fun. but I can't imagine. This is a lot of movement to try to get back huh yeah i mean it, it is it's still tight i mean yeah, it's still not like both. full i mean it's it's definitely good enough for a motorcycle but it's not like you're not gonna do 100%. gymnastics yeah no no <laughs> no um not on purpose <laughs> <laughs> all right um so you're switched to cowie yep you, you like i said you seemed like you had really found hit your stride with geico honda as far as finding that feeling yeah why the change I was, well, I was, I was just searching for, I felt like the, the Cowie chassis had a, a lot of potential and, and, it, and it really, really does fit my style, you know, now that I've been on it for a few years, like that's what I was searching for. I was searching for the chassis and the stability and to, to not have those, those crashes and those hiccups that some of them I had, like, I felt like maybe some of those could have been avoided. I don't know. Yeah. But, um. <clears throat> That's what I was really looking for, and and I felt like at Han, I mean uh, at Cowie, like I, I would I would be the number one guy too. Well, I was, I was just gonna say, and you look at a guy like Villapoto was dominating. Exactly. Like he was. You took the words out of my mouth. Yeah, the, the guy that was like, winning I on want, that bike. I want to be there. I want to yes. be on that team. Be on that yeah. bike. Exactly. Yeah. I think most races have that mindset. That when that seat opened, you're like, that's where the champ was. I want to be the champ. Yeah. You kind of feel that need, like, I need to be on that bike and that team. Yep. So I was going to ask you if that was a lot to do with it. Because I know first thing people say, oh, was money. 
They must have offered them a lot of money. And you go, ah, I know what they're spending. I know what they're spending. Yeah. A lot of times, riders have to do what they think is their best opportunity to win. So glad you mentioned that. Yeah, and you see history, history of that. Like when after Ricky left Suzuki, Reed went there. You know, like guys are trying to go to the bike that's winning. Because well, same, with, same with the Honda thing. And you can't I mean, argue with the results. In motocross, you're going to make the majority of your income in, winning. in, in your bonuses. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can – yeah, I mean, yes, the salary here or there a little bit, but uh, the, you're going to make your big money in bonuses. Yeah. Okay. So, so you should be on the, the equipment that's going to that's going to help you win. That's right. going to help you win, right? Even if even if, if, if you have that choice and that option, right? And if you're if you're a guy that wins, you, you know you do have that choice. Yeah, and Mitch Payton's a big that's his big pitch to anybody, so yeah. that he doesn't have to pay them a lot. Of money. <laughs> <laughs> you start winning, the money yeah. will come, right? Yeah. In spades, yeah. and he, and he's right. It's it's true. Um, so when you, I remember watching your first Supercross. I don't know why I was on the floor at Anaheim that year, but I was watching you in the very first Supercross that first year on the Cowie. Was it 15? 16. 16. And you, you pumped up pretty bad. I remember, mm-hmm. I remember you just struggling. Yep. Set up again initially? Because RV, RV rode completely differently than the way you ride. That, RV had a way different style than, than me. anybody rides. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, we just had to learn each other. Like, the, the team yeah. and myself, like, it just it took time anyway. I mean, you have these expectations that you're going to go out there and kill it, but um, I mean, yeah, that could have happened, or it could have happened, but it, it didn't, and it just had to, yeah, it, it kind of had to just you know learn each other and yeah, yeah, it, understand, it the bike, yeah, understand the bike, get the feedback, yeah. learn the people. You, you don't really with. know what you're going to get until you go racing. Yeah, people right? people seem to think that you can that because that team's had success that you inject a new player or a new rider that comes in or. Anyone in, a, in a, an important position, it doesn't just go like clockwork like people think. Um, I'll give you an example from my side. When I left Pro Circuit and went to Yamaha, it was frustrating because they had gone down this road with Chad, and I'm like, I don't like that. I want to go this way. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, but everything we have and everything we do and all the settings are like over here. Mm-hmm. And it was a little bit hard to go, no, I don't hate the bike. I just don't like the setup, and I yeah. want to go in a different direction. Yeah. And it took some time to kind of get that to echo through the team that it's not just I'm having a bad day. We genuinely need to go in a different direction. Mm-hmm. And that took some time as well. A yeah. lot of time it seems like it's rather than just the bike that's winning, you want to look at the whole crew. Yeah. Right? Like mm-hmm. wherever Roger's gone, having Ian around him and, and kind of keeping that core group of guys, that's who, those are the guys that get it done. Mm-hmm. Mikey and all the guys at Cowie. Mm-hmm. It's not that they had the very best bike. Those guys were really good at making it work for Ryan. They've been very good now at making it work for you. Yeah. Seems like. Yeah. Now you guys are, you know, I don't want to jump ahead, but you finally got that Cowie figured out, that one from, yeah, from 16. Exactly. Started killing it. Yep. Um, what does that feel? What's the feel that you find? It's so hard to explain. Yeah. Like for, it's for just me, comfort, the, huh? it's just comfort. Mm-hmm. Like it just, I, I like to call it like the balance, having the right balance. Mm-hmm. Is I, I always tell the guys, like, yeah, my balance is a little off. Like, hey, it's a little high in the rear. Oh, it's a little tall in the front. Um, I just like to have, you know, that good balance. And you have a pretty unique style where you ride really low on the bike too, right? Does that, how much does that affect how much it had to change? Yeah, and, and really I'm, I'm more of a front-end feel guy too, or that's the way I, I turn. Well, I can kind of go both ways with that, but. Um, but you do weight the front a lot. I do weight you used the, to front push a lot. the front a lot. Yes. On the yes. Honda, I remember that. Yep. But then with outdoors, I've noticed they've added more sand and made it more loamy. Mm-hmm. And I've seen at times... 
like he's saying, he can have his feet off his pegs a little further back and use his arms and his yeah. body and lean it in. And when you look at it, to being a great racer these days, you can't be really good at one thing or another. You really have to be diversified and change to be able to go around that track. If it's soft and loamy, you've got to ride it a little weight over the back. Yep. Like you said, if it's like that, you know, rutted, whatever, you've got to get that weight up in the front. Yep. Um, and I also got to imagine, too, for a team, it's got to be a little bit hard because when, when I watch you ride, I try and think to myself, what test rider could go and do some testing for Eli because they don't go his speed, <laughs> they don't ride the same intensity and style he does. You are a unique rider in a good way, but it's unique. So yeah. I feel yeah, like you, only you could get your bike to work for you kind of thing. You I charge mean, hard. Like, <laughs> I, I, it's good. It's, it's like kind of a Stanton type of style. You're not like this yeah. perfect timing and stuff. You kind of just... No, he'll over jump it and land at <laughs> the gas and go. So it's that's pretty a specific cool. setup that you need, right? Yeah. And that's where I think the 450 class, like that's, that's the difference in the 450 class or is like, you got to have the bike fit you. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And I, I get, I, I keep asking this cause I had a million people email me this week asking what, what does he mean when he, he's looking for the feel of the bike, or whatever. It's just, it is hard to explain, but you only, you only, when you feel it, you know it, right? Yeah. So the, the feel is like, it has that good balance and it's, and it's easy to ride. And yeah. It, whatever you your know, fastest it, it, lap is, it's easier to do it. Yeah. Would this make more, a little more sense in, in describing it? I think when you try and say getting that feel, that balance, like if you come in the whoops and you hit a bit of a square edge jump or, you know, a whoop, when you've got that balance, you don't have to go, oh shit, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Let me push back because that's your automatic reaction. You kind of know it's going to come in and I'll let it just come up to my chest and push it you back. You know what it's going to do. You predict yeah. what your bike's going to do more than... I'm a little unsure if I push it, what it might do. And I think that's the difference with riders when they can push and are a little scared to push because, like you said, you might get away with it once, but trying to do it 20 laps, mm -hmm. you might be in some trouble. Do you find yourself ever frustrated? Because um, I, I remember in my testing days with bones a lot, <laughs> I would be like, God, it's just, I don't, I don't have the feeling I want. Mm -hmm. Well, what do you want to try? Ah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know what to tell him. Right? Yeah, yeah, right. I don't know what to yeah. tell him, but I'm like, I'm just not happy yet. Yeah. Let's try some other stuff. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. There are days absolutely that I have that same same thing. Happen. Yeah. So you found it on that other Cowie, mm -hmm. crushed it. You won. Uh, I don't know if this is a good statistic or not, but more Supercrosses I think than anyone without having a title, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. mean to rub your nose in that, but. Um, and I want to get back to something in those seasons, but now that you're just to touch on this quick, get into this new bike, uh -huh. which in stock trim is amazing. I, I've never really liked the feel of the Cowie. I love this new bike. Mm -hmm. Love it. I know that doesn't exactly but I love mean. the 18 as well. You did? Mm. Yeah, it just had a big, kind of a bigger, longer feeling I couldn't get on board with, but I love this new one. So, But it, it's like for you guys, at your level, factory bike stuff, mm -hmm. you're starting over again. You are. I mean, you... You know, you you pull your, you know your your suspension off and and maybe your triple clamps or whatever, and you try to just bolt that on. But a lot of times it's not exactly the same, and so you got You got to fine tune it. Yep. Yeah, and and you know, there's guys that um, that do testing for a living that'll say you're better off just starting with stock. Don't try to bolt that other shit on because it's a different frame. It's a different. It's not going to work the same, right? Mm -hmm. If the geometry is different at all. Um, but you try it, and you you guys are still kind of hunting. It sounds like, huh? I, when I came up here today, I saw you at the well, Cowie track, and you said, <laughs> "We're gonna have a long one. I might be a little late." I mean, I, it's 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 early to say. Yeah. Like, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be up front here soon enough. Yeah, I, we don't doubt that. Yeah. I mean, we've this has been. You can look at a pattern. You know, like it takes you a little bit of time to get the feeling, 
And then yeah. once you have it, it's game on. Yeah. And well, you, aren't you farther in the points right now ahead than you've been any other season at this point? Oh, yeah. Two out of the lead, right? Right. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, the, yeah. that's already better. I yeah. know. Isn't that crazy? We're, like, talking about how it hasn't been great so far, and you're right there. I, that's the thing is it's hard to get no, beat no yourself race wins. up. Yeah. But, like, no one's really taken command. I mean, well, Webb has won the last three out of four, mo- whatever, mains, if you want to call them yeah. that. But no one's really taken that control yet, you know? What do you think of Cooper? I, I, he's been a pretty big surprise. Yeah, he – surprise – yeah, I, I would say so the last – yeah, I mean, yeah, he, he did it, you know, the two in the row. So, um, he's, he's just – well, he is get, he's getting the starts right now too. Yeah. I'll say yeah. that, yeah. But even at A1 in the mud, he crashed and yeah, came all he the came way back. back. He's he been riding back. So he's riding better. good. Yeah. yeah. Now, Surprise. a lot of people were talking about the big four coming the season with your name being in that hat. Neither one of you have won a main event. And you've seen Cooper with his success. Mm-hmm. I might be wrong in reading your body language, but I feel like you're pretty comfortable where you're at, like almost as if you know there's room for improvement. <clears throat> Do you see yourself getting on a little roll here in the near future? Yes. Yes. I, <laughs> All right. I, I, there we yeah. go. I'm good at body language there, reading, I think. More there. <laughs> like, I feel like I'm like a um, kind of like a, a 90 percenter right now. And I'm going to, yeah. Now, I was going to add to that too. And a 90 percenter is, is getting like fourth or third, you know? Yeah. That's, yeah. So there, there, is room, there is a lot of room there. And... Um, I forgot my question. Carry on. Well, at 90%, that means you've got still a lot of improving to do. So I'm sure you're mentally in a good place. All right. Hey, uh, we're going to take a, a quick break. The TLD uh, beer break brought to you by 805 and Troy Lee Designs. Troy Lee Designs' brand new Mirage gear is out. Go check it out. They've got it in multiple colorways. It is sweet looking. Uh, comes with a matching SE4 helmet. You can get that in the carbon fiber or the polyacrylate design. Uh, both same safety standards. One's just a little lighter, but much uh, much more affordable than the carbon, which is very, very high-end, very light, awesome. Check them out, troilydesigns.com. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with Eli Tomac. I want to introduce you guys to PowerDot, a wireless muscle stim unit that is controlled by an app on your phone. It's incredibly simple. This is something I've used for a little over a year now to help with arm pump and nagging injuries, and I've had amazing results with it. They recently worked with Adam Cianciarillo to help rehab his knee after surgery. He had an ACL replaced. And after talking to him, it's something he swears by. He's adamant that this is the one thing that got him back on the bike quicker and got him healthy. So if you have any muscle pain, any nagging injuries, or you want to recover the best way possible, head over to powerdot.com forward slash whiskey throttle for a chance to win a free unit or get 20% off your next purchase. That's powerdot.com forward slash whiskey throttle for 20% off and a chance to win. You can thank me later. All right, we're back. That was the uh, Troy Lee Designs 805 Beer Break, but brought to you by Eli's Small Bladder. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, no, it happens. It's a long interview. I understand. As we all rush to the bar. There was a line. <laughs> Freight train. So, hey, I want to jump back real quick. Um, last year, I'm going to bring a couple of things that were a little controversial. Okay. Um, first of all, the, the pass that Marv pulled on you. Okay. There was so much back and forth. He's about never this. answered this one before. But we'll, <laughs> well, no, I'm sure you've heard it a billion times or yeah. whatever. But what are your thoughts on that crash? Because there was a lot of argument about it. Yeah, it was aggressive. Was it dirty? I was just, I was really mad because I'm like, there's no way I would have done that to another guy unless there was like something going on beforehand. And 
Um, it just, I, it was just dirty in my opinion, like really dirty. But he didn't T-bone you. This is the thing: is like he cut across you and made you hit him. I'm not saying it's not dirty. Yeah, I but mean, if there he was something similar like that with like Anderson and um, and Kenny and Phoenix this year. Yeah. Okay. But Marvin's was well, like well, times two that. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say. He went across the well, bay Anderson's wasn't, to me, that wasn't even bad. Yeah. With Marvin, if, if I was in your shoes, I'm heated. And I've said it before, if I'm in Marvin's shoes, I may have said, well, that's what I've got to do for the, for the race win. But when you watch it, I, th- I personally think part of the problem is with some of these tracks, they have a jump and they end the hay bale. The guys are landing. So where the Burmers, they leave such a deep corner that if you square it up and you go to the exit... He's coming out. You're almost having head-ons yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. And I think the tracks are somewhat responsible for creating these. We've gone from T-boning to now head-ons, virtual head-ons. <laughs> yeah. Guy coming out, one guy coming in. You know, to me, that's like, whoa, well, well, let me ask strange. you. Let me ask you because, you know, as a professional, are you always thinking so clearly or is it a possibility, and I'm not trying to absolve him of anything, is it a, that he just got ahead of himself? And I mean, does that happen? He came I mean, a ways back. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, has that ever happened to you where you just get ahead of yourself and you're like, I shouldn't have made that move? And I'm not saying it's the same, but does that happen? Or have you accidentally taken someone out that you thought you had the pass? Well, I will the, say what... Uh, okay. The, the, the closest thing I've ever done to that was with me and Wilson in the 250 class. But... I actually, if you watch the, 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 the one with me and Wilson, I kind of like popped up and then smashed into him. Yeah. Like yeah, Marvin yeah. like darted across. Yeah. No, like yeah, he, no, he went across. for the kill. Yeah. There was no yeah. doubt was, about that. Yeah. It's just. It was checkers or wreckers at that point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I would expect that in the last turn, but it was, well, I mean, I guess it was, was a lap and a half to go or something. But was it that much? I thought it was the last did, lap. Did you wave? Did end. you wave one finger at a time at him? Oh, that? it was the last lap because I I finished that lap with my the grip was ripped off. Your glove yeah, was yeah. your glove was gone. Yeah. Your gr- I, I threw my grip off at yeah. the end. Yeah. I still remember your reaction. Your reaction was pretty impressive. I'm not gonna lie. I don't know how I would react it. I probably would have flipped him off even though you didn't see me. But you were kind of like. Yeah, like, I, why don't you th- take I my grip while grip. you're at it, bro? Yeah. As soon as you rip my bike. Did you did you have a conversation with him after that? I don't remember the exact words. I was, he was, I remember, you know, he told me his side and he didn't expect to come across that hard or something. I don't know. And you're just saying, I don't want to My, my head wanted it. to explode. I was pretty fired up. We could see that by your reaction in the press conference. Yeah. I swear you were like this. Your nostrils were flaring and you just stared it's like at a, it's across like a, the room. like a cartoon. He just reaches out and goes, pow. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys didn't, you haven't really buried the hatchet. But you're kind of just moved past it, or what? I feel like we've just moved past it. Yeah, I mean, like I, I'm not going to go out there and like retaliate that because he did did yeah. that to me at Jersey. Well, but I, if I, on I the last he... lap when he's in leading, <laughs> you might think a little differently. <laughs> I'm not going to say I I'm going to do that because then I'll probably have like some uh, some warning or something, you know, from the sanctioning body. Yeah, Who knows? Yeah, yeah. I, but you're not. So I can't say anything. Boo. It's one thing about yeah. your riding style. You're not dirty. Uh, I've no. never seen you really take people out. The dirtiest thing I ever saw you do. I was don't try to Vegas create enemies with you know? That was the dirtiest thing I've ever seen out of you. And there was I'd a lot so, on the yeah. line. And I get it. I don't. Think I it guess dirty. I should have been even dirtier. Well, though. yeah. Because of when I say dirty, it wasn't. You were. <laughs> if you look at the race before that, yeah, I should have just went for the full on blast kill. And I, I said you made one mistake that night. You took off into the distance too soon. 
You should have never ran away from the pack. You should have held everyone up from the start. That would have been yeah. epic. Yeah. I mean, that was the only was, mistake I saw. So Everything wild. else was great. <laughs> that was a wild night. That was one of the best races I've ever watched. I know there yeah, were a lot of people pissed off about it, but... but... But it was one of the most entertaining things we've ever watched. I mean, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I mean, it, a lot of your incidents have been... But that, but that, like that was as that was as dirty as I was willing to get, right? Yeah. Like I wasn't willing to. And you didn't hit him. To like, I, yeah. We, I, I was bumping him, and yeah, it was. I was going out of the way to bump him, but I wasn't going out of the way to like yeah. hurt him or you and, know. And what are you yeah, thinking at that point? Like, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just force him off the track here as much. Whatever as I can, it takes to get that. It was just like to, to rattle him up, right? Yeah, to yeah. try to rattle the guy. Yeah. It almost and, worked. And maybe the guys would come up and, yeah. and pass him if he missed the triple. Like, that was the goal, was they, to rattle him. They were doing that. And it was, was happening. Right at the end. It was happening yeah. at the end. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I said if you could have redone that all over, I think the only thing I would have told differently is don't run away and then back it up. And then yeah. what, hold and, everyone up from day one. That would have been. And they Anderson cleaned out Reed, right? Anderson cleaned yeah. out Reed. Yeah, did. That didn't Reed. help you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, hey, he had um, nothing to do with that. But all yeah. of your incidents like that have been very polarizing. And I don't think, I would not say, oh, yeah, Eli's dirty. Because he slowed Dungey down, or because of whatever. But you either, if you're a Marv fan, you're like, "Oh, why is Eli pissed? He just yeah. blocked past him." Or you know what I mean? If you're a Dungey fan, you're mad at you for that. Yeah. yeah. But I've well, never I, seen you. Te- I've never seen you like just. I don't wipe go out of my way out. to like to do someone wrong. Like I'll. That was actually. It's probably one of my downfalls, right? Is I don't finish the pass enough. But I feel like maybe I'm a little bit better at that now. But early on, yeah, I was too nice. Don't complete it. Yeah, don't yeah. complete the – yeah. Okay, so same season. Um, you get the points lead. Jersey, mm-hmm. right? Take, take it to Jersey. Take the – yeah. And you fall. Yeah. And it seems like, as an Eli Tomac fan, I'm like, get up, go. It took, seemed like it took you forever to get going. What was going on? And, and I've I seen that a couple I honestly, times. I don't know why. It, I mean, maybe it looked like that, but I think it was a little bit of an awkward position with where I was on, on the, the berm. berm. I don't know. I think that was the deal. And then it was the bike was kind of tall and in a weird position. And I think that was maybe why it looked slow to get going. Well, I think when you see some guys crash, especially that was just that. Yeah, that was. <laughs> I'd love to have that one back. I'm sure you would. That was a. Just a bad night. Even though I was like leading then, I the way I rode the rest of the time, I wasn't going to win that race, but I would have been whatever. I can't. It's all shoulda, coulda, woulda. Yeah. I would have finished top five. You want to say your, uh, your little slogan there? Well, if my aunt had balls, it would have been my uncle. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think I've, I've heard this from a lot of people, and, and I've got to agree. Like at, at times, I've seen you fall. And you see other guys, when they crash, they get up, and they're frantic. They're mm-hmm. frantic to get going. And you were just kind of like... You are a little slower than... You're just than sort of casual about it. Even when, you, when Marv knocked you down. I don't, I don't remember who else passed you. Did you end up still second? Yeah, yeah, I did. He had time there to throw the grip and do but that. Yeah, you were like... And then like slowly walked back to your bike. I'm like, That's Run! how far ahead they were well, of everyone else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's different. I've, I've said it, and I'm not sure if I've said it to you, but I know I've mentioned it and i think on broadcast it does look at times like you're like is everything cool all right man i'm bummed and i'll go and it's it might only be tenths of a second but it just looks it looks in that frantic situation you look like almost like you're too calm about it it might look in your head it's going different it's it's going different (laughs) but (laughs) i think sometimes i like i i'm like too uh analytical yeah like i'm like Making sure like there's no one else coming, I'm not going to get hit, kind of thing. Yeah. Like I almost 
It looked like in the Marv thing that you were thinking one thing, like, why the hell did I get hit? And then next, it's like, wait, I got to get back to my bike. It looked like two separate well, that, situations. That caught you off guard. Oh, yeah. Sure. I, you didn't yeah. expect him to you ran have an orange bike. Side right. You were still leaning, turning. Did you even see him? And, or was it literally no, when he no, hit you? It wasn't even close. It was only I was when he hit you. was accelerating out of the turn. So it, was, you never, it was bad. No, no. That's what I'm meaning. You never even got a glimpse no. until he physically Absolutely hit you. Absolutely not. No. Yeah, that's the problem when you do, when you don't give a guy a chance to check up. That's tough, right? Yeah. Because you could say the same thing with Anderson and Roxon. Now look at that. I think the way tracks are on the ruts and that guy start turning down more and more. So these almost head-on situations become, let's say, mm. a little easier to happen. And I think you can point that towards the four-stroke and like yeah. even four fifties because yeah. you can turn down so <laughs> tight and then still Bro. make that next rhythm section like there's no benefit anymore i mean there is sometimes but just to railing the outside and carrying that big momentum you don't you need just, to you don't need to i wish just it go would go low go tight go prop, back to first gear tracking and rolling the berms like they they used to do really pack them so that they get a little more substance so that guys aren't going i mean you watch races now and it's just it, it, the track seems to do Even, this this, um, this 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 and then if you try and go high because they didn't build the berms a long time ago, they're fluffy. The bales fall, this breaks. So you have to go to the bottom. Yep. But if they prep the track better, I think you would have more cleaner passing like you yeah. used to on two-stroke days, more block passing instead of what I'm calling now these random yeah, head-ons. I mean, that's the way our, our turns are forming now. Like at Oakland this this last weekend, uh, it was it was the, the bull turn before the, the main triple. Same thing. Like uh, there was the, the turn I jacked up. The ruts, they just start coming down. Yeah. They're coming down. Lower, so then you, lower, lower. Yeah, everyone starts on the outside and then comes down low. So think about this. If you can see it on camera, you've got hay bale, which is basically super thin. If you come in wide and you want to cut down, yeah. you're almost coming yeah. back on the track back, almost, almost because a guy could be here. Could be coming up the inside. And that's what creates that crazy exactly. head-on, if it, you want to call that's it. That's arena cross yeah. style to me. Because yeah. I've, I've actually seen guys in arena cross do that a guy's coming out of a turn this guy comes in tries to block they hit heads and i've seen two guys get knocked out <laughs> they clunk heads and knock themselves out i mean <laughs> that's not okay right like no, something needs to it's change not supposed to happen but we're trying way. to open the turns up and make passing better which is great but you can't have an obstacle right into the turn and right out of the turn that's that's my or argument. build an actual berm i know they're worried about insurance reasons about bikes going into the stands but they've got catch fencing yeah. put a catch fence and put that big, is a bummer put nice big bowl turns again so guys can actually carry corner speed for a change yeah that is a that was going back to oakland turn two this this week was was like a flat bowl and it the the turn was like big enough for the bowl and it was just a flat turn you know yeah it's we could have that argument i mean oh, yeah, yeah they're I trying mean, to avoid liability yeah I, I i agree with what townley said the other weekend on the show he said we need to go back to much simpler tracks and we need we need slower bikes like it's just too, you don't need 70 horsepower on a track no. As tight as Supercross. No. It's insane. No. Because, uh, you know, more of the guys are just trying to hold on to the bike, right? Yeah. You don't have... You can't race them like you used to race yeah. 252 strokes. Those guys were getting after it. And now it's like, okay, don't die. And you can turn, like you said, square turn up and jump 90 feet. Yeah. First <laughs> well, you remember Carmichael, Carmichael on a two-stroke, he would actually hold that bike wide open. Like oh, yeah. wide open. It would be yeah. going all the time. So two outdoor titles, back to back. Mm -hmm. do you think motocross comes a little easier than supercross or do you think you just haven't had that position to close on the supercross side i i just haven't closed the supercross because i feel like i'm pretty you know 
even, even in both. Yeah. It's kind of kind of even. Like like when I when I feel good, like I can feel really good in, in both. Like yep. like when I'm in the right spot, it's hard to say. I'm like, oh, I'm just I'm better at outdoor. Oh, I'm better at supercross. Like if I find my my sweet spot, it's pretty even. So what is the what is, we talked about this in a, a Racer X preseason show? It seems like you have just little lapses or little little mistakes, mm-hmm. like A1 last year where you tip over and hurt your shoulder. You were, you were checking out. Like, you know what's disgusting about it, the Anaheim one last year? is probably two laps before I crashed. I actually, like, backed it down in my mind, and I still washed the front end out. I felt like that one just... Just, just lost it when you're coming off that jump? It just greased out from under you? Yeah. Yeah, I remember watching. It, That's it was frustrating. Slick, and I and a lot of like, guys that, that were was like to spin. The, the Colorado crash and, the, the, and that Anaheim, I wasn't... Like, I didn't feel like I was pushing the edge. I felt like I didn't really, I couldn't do anything about that. Like, it wasn't actually a, a mental, like, stress out moment, like brain fart. Yeah. Like, it just happened. Those things happen so, in racing. I mean, I feel like I can yeah. relate. When I was healthy and fit, I felt like I was fighting for championships. Or I was injured. And some of those injuries, I look back and, and I can relate. I'm like, dang, it was just that one little thing. But it was mm-hmm. so costly because you did this and this. Mm-hmm. And you're out for a year and all these other things. And then the bouncing back. So there's, there's that whole element, too, of not just the injuries. It's the re, you know, rebounding while everyone else is out training, testing. You know, mm. I, I personally believe that the sport gets elevated slightly every year. Mm-hmm. So if you're out a year... It makes it a little bit hard to come back. I mean, look at Roxon. It's taken him quite a long time. And we could argue, I don't know if he's at 100% yet. I don't know that he'll ever be 100%. What, what's I don't your think thought? his hands will ever be 100%. Do you think, I mean, you race with the guy. What's, what's your feeling on, on that stuff? I, I don't know. I, I, do, I don't know. I mean, that stuff He's to a say. hard guy to read, too. It, huh? He's hard to read because he seems like... A lot of times he'll, you know, he's he's not the fastest guy in practice, and then he'll go out there and win the heat race and, and be battling for the lead in the main. And you're, you know, but there's other days where he is on fire in practice. So I, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's tough to say. When you tipped over at A1 last year, yep, that was the rotator cuff shoulder. Yeah. Did you? Was there any permanent long term damage to that, or was no. it just sort of banged up, just bruised and strained? It was like bruised up. I mean, yeah, just, just bruised and strained, and it just it was, like, just smashed. Yeah. It was, was weird. A, another little awkward crash where you just kind of went into that little roller. It wasn't even yep. big, but it was the same thing. Another one of those little yeah. awkward just, falls just, to a sudden stop. just drove it in there, you know? So do you guys sit, I mean, after that incident, whether it's you at home with Johnny T or, or the Cowie guys, where you're like, okay, what happened here? How do we not let this happen again? What happened? Do you, are you all scratching your head, or are you like, well, well I was scratching this. my head because I was – as I said before, like I told myself to take it easy. Like I had like probably a seven second lead and I was kind of cruising and it happened. So, and it was a bit That's of a weird crash. That's got to be was, really It was frustrating. frustrating. Yeah. It was just frustrating. It, it almost looked like one of those crashes. Like how did that happen? Yeah. Like how did and, it? And I, and I watched it and a lot of guys, it was getting a little bit greasy. And if you watch, it's like your rear brakes a little bit of traction and your front just doesn't get that little pop of the single. Yep. So when it rebounds, it comes and it was slick once again and the front just goes. I think at first you think it looked like it was the front end, but the rear actually just yeah. burp, barely that rotated around. Everything. You, know, it. you know what's coming into my head is Bones is saying, temperature's dropping, moisture is <laughs> rising, <laughs> yeah. lap times are falling, let's go break the lap record. I'm like, it's a damn practice track. No one keeps track of lap records here. <laughs> uh, all right. So another awkward moment. Okay. Marv moves over to, for Dungey, the end of that series. 
Okay. You're pissed. I mean, obviously, you're trying to win a championship still. Yeah, and that was after, like, the disaster race itself. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Yeah. So you're frustrated. Smash cut to the Monster Energy Cup. And Savachi is leading. Uh-huh. And he pulled, well, he, what does he do? Did he pull over? What the hell happened to the Monster well, it was, Energy it, Cup? It, 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 I mean, it, you can see by the film, he, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, so what? He, he, did his, he did his motion, like, I... That was it. Yeah. Did, did you, you guys realize when that happened, did it register right then what that meant? <laughs> well, like, I'm, I mean, I'm, like, did, I'm like, what are you doing? Because there was no conversation before the race. Okay. As, I think that's I mean, what people want to know. People did you want guys to know, talk like, about oh, that? These guys planned it out. We did not even see. You well, can't plan that stuff you out. Can't even who, would have, who would have thought you would have got like the Savachi. timing of it, too. It looked like, like you yeah. would have got him at the end of that fast rate anyway. I mean, you were on him, and that that's, last that's, – yeah. Would you, would you have Marvin Muscan him for a, an extra 900K? I might have. <laughs> in the last turn. Sorry, Joey. Had to do it. But there Dude, was, don't there worry. Was hey, pay Joe, your, I'll pay your medical Joe, bills. Don't Joey's worry. You, Joe's, you, Joey's used to that in that last corner. Oh, oh too soon. You'd have given him yeah. Vietnam flashbacks if you'd have taken him but out. But yeah, we didn't, we, didn't, we didn't talk. Like there was, okay. there's no, There was no shady... Before the race, like, well, listen, hey, dude, I'm going to give you a cut if you pull over. No, and it it's was nothing. It's not illegal. That stuff happens. He was not eligible for the million bucks. You were. Even if there had been a conversation before the race, who's to not? to say you guys would be one, two. I think everybody no. in the world would have had that conversation. I'm not saying you did. I'm saying all the rest of us, has, nobody has a, a, a time to complain. Do you know what I do for a million bucks? I would say, dude, I would if you go pull- kill a person. Right, right exactly. Now. Right. Maybe not. I don't mean that. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> I would go to downtown San Bernardino right now and kill a prostitute for a million dollars. Whatever it took. No, I wouldn't do that. Um, okay, so after that race, did you buy him dinner? That means you like buy him a car? <laughs> did, you, did you send him a Christmas card? <laughs> Something? I mean, tell me you took care of the guy a little bit. No. I mean, no. <laughs> like... It, no, because you should send him something nice. Flowers. Send him some flowers. Yeah, I'll, I'll send him some okay. flowers. Okay. And, yeah. Hey, you could always send him that power dot that you're going to be getting from us. <laughs> uh, you're going to want that. So this will help your feelings that and your amazing. body. Have you ever seen used a power dot? You've used I don't even know. What, what, what is a power dot? I'm going to blow your mind when we're done here. Okay. Gonna we're going to get, get him one of these. It's an electric muscle stimulator, like a TENS unit, but different. But mm. next level. It's really okay. good. Yeah, they're amazing. Yeah. So any kind of injury, soreness. like us. Love it. Yeah. Yeah, when you get old and your shoulders are just just super mm-hmm. stiff and stoved up, you're gonna love it. it. Has a massage app and it feels like someone's okay. doing this on your back. All right, it's money. Um, all right, where are we at? I kind of lost. Uh, I lost track. You're two for the bottom. <laughs> yeah, so we're at the bottom. <laughs> all right, so uh, start of this series. Yeah, slow, we kind of talked about this a little bit, but a little bit of a, a slow start, I guess, for you. You didn't come out and win five rounds in a row, but yeah, like you said, you're two points down. You guys have been still grinding, trying to get that feeling back. Yep. You're close. Sounds I'm close. Like, sounds I'm like close. You're... Like, I'll, I'll be honest. I haven't like felt like my sweet spot, uh, but I, I'm getting close. That's okay. dangerous when you feel that sweet yeah. spot. Well, yeah. here's I, I have a bit of a theory, and I've seen it with myself and other people. There's been those series you come in, bike's good, you're good, you come out guns are blazing, you smoke everyone, and then something happens where you crash, you throw it away, you get injured. I felt like that happened to me. Most of the years I won championships, it wasn't all, you know, roses in the beginning. It was something that you had to struggle. And then once you got your mojo, you got on that roll at the right time and came on strong. And 
and I know Ricky has mentioned it to you and myself before, like he started trying to almost tell himself, get through the West Coast swing. The series starts in Daytona because mm-hmm. he knew that's where he could probably go and win and then get on that roll. Yeah. Do you think you might be heading down that same road? Whereas, in a perfect world, yes, right? <laughs> I mean, like, kind of stay where we're at and stay within the. But do, do you think touch. that could be a good thing in the long term, <sighs> just building to getting. So, in other words, not yeah. peaking too soon? Yeah. I mean, uh, this absolutely. could be. It, it, yeah, as long as you don't le- lose touch of the lead, um, you know, stay within those, those few points. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to dig a big uh, hole. Yeah. But. Oh, and you're right there. I mean, even when I looked at the points after the weekend, for some reason, I was surprised that you were only three points, right? Is it three? Three. I was like, wow, three points off. Everyone's going Everyone on about... Everyone did a big flip-flop. Yeah. But, I mean, Cooper, Cooper, yeah, he won both. But, uh, you know, Kenny, Kenny was red plate. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Before. And, and, yeah. It's, and you guys are still... I tell you what, at least for a, for a fan, it's great to have three different winners that were not on maybe everyone's list... And guys like yourself that we know it's only a matter of time. I think it's 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 really interesting, but it's cool to watch. Hey, a little a little backwards. What was it like doing that big double at Anaheim in the wet A one? Was that pretty pretty gnarly? It was pretty gnarly. It was oh the double double. It was yeah. the double double. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't even doing it the first half of the race, and then I finally figured out that the front guys were doing it, and I started doing it because I was at first I'm like really I mean <laughs> like no way and so then, sketchy. I think and then Webb- a couple guys were doing it in front of me. I'm like, wow, I have to start doing it. Webb was like jumping over people's heads during the whole race even. And that's why I was like, whoa, he's yeah. still getting it. Yeah. Did you do it at all in the race? Yeah. I, I, I started I mean, doing at it at the, the end. At I'm the just end. saying, at the beginning, you didn't do it at all? No, at the, at the beginning, I was actually just darting to the inside and then doing the little double. That's what several, several guys were doing. Yeah. And inside, single, double, yep. single. What I, yeah, I saw that you saw it on your pit board. Yep, I, I got that on the pit board. And were you like, oh, crap. Because I didn't see anyone doing it beforehand. I figured, yeah. like, there's no way they're hucking this thing right now. And then, but so how, how do you make the decision? Like, okay, you see you have to do it. And it's like, okay, I haven't done this all race. What, what goes through your mind when you have to just... I, if they're doing it, I can do it. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty what much. I used to think. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> if they can do it, I can do it. Yeah. It's pretty much went through my head. It's like... Because he also trusts his mechanic. When his mechanics just double-double... That translated means you need to do that. Yeah. And he's obviously got to think, well, if, it, if they're doing it, I got to do it. So, yeah. so were you pretty happy when you're in there and you're like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it was that, that out and it, and, it, and it had a rut in it, right? And then the traction was only in the rut. If you were anywhere outside that rut, it was guys, slick. Grease, guys were sketchy. at times not looking Greasy. too pretty going off that yep. jump. It was it literally looked like they didn't want to do it, but knew they had to do it every lap to be in the, to be in the, in the mm-hmm. battle for the lead. So back in the 125 days, talking about pit boards, that happened all the time where you weren't jumping something, right? Like mm-hmm. now everybody jumps everything like second lap. But there used to be <laughs> all the time like so-and-so did this triple or did this rhythm lane, you know, and he, they'd pull you in or say on the pit board, and you're like, oh, no, I got to do it. And you just got to do it. You just pull the trigger on it. <laughs> so sketchy. <laughs> uh, okay, so you're riding well. There's clearly no problems with you. Three points out of lead. Life is good. Mm-hmm. What happened to your back in the off season? <laughs> There's been no. Was there an injury? You were off the bike for a while. All these rumors. Uh, there was I, a lot I, of. I, lot I of was off the bike for some time. Okay. Yes. So there was. Was it your back that was giving you? Some yeah, issues? I, t- I tweaked my back. Okay. I'll I'll, I'll come out and say yes. I do, I do that every Cause day. Because now I'm fine. Yeah, but yes, I was off the bike. You for know, would have been great. A powered out unit. <clears throat> we're gonna get you one. Yeah, it would help. <laughs> but all good here. now. Bottom line. Yeah, I'm all good now. Okay. Health-wise, yes. 
That's good because it wasn't ideal. No, yeah. it wasn't. wasn't ideal. No. And backs can be finicky. I mean, that's the thing. Like when you hear back, sometimes you go, "Is this going to be a lingering long-term thing?" Or and yeah. sometimes it is. You tweak it, you heal, you're good. God, I you mean, just, now, now that I'm four weeks in, uh, I am where I where I am. Um, yeah, I'll say it. I tweaked my back. I rode four days before Anaheim won. How I long? mean, I was on the bike for four days. Before that, I was off for, uh, it was just over three weeks. Oh, that long. Wow. Yeah, that's precious time, too. Yeah. Wow, in the middle of that, were you a bit nervous going into... And I just broke the news on Whiskey Throttle about yeah. that. That's <laughs> what happens. Yeah. So we do here. Yeah, we doped you. There's shit in that water. <laughs> 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 Hopefully water won't be around for a little while. Let that shit no. siphon out. This, um, this is the Whiskey Throttle's a truth serum. The back, the back is sketchy. You could just seat mount something wrong with a little... And all of a sudden, you're like, oh! Yep. And now every time you bend over to tie your shoes, you... <sighs> fall to the floor. I did that not that long ago. It wasn't seat bouncing, but I did my back. <laughs> no, that, and I called down. I'm go- like, dude, I'm dying. That was going to your sofa, GL. That was getting off the sofa. Oh, right. Well, so, okay, I want to I just switch gears a little bit and kind of talk more about Eli Tomac, okay. the man, all right? Because we don't know much about you, dude. You're very off the radar. I will say um, one thing before you go down that road. During the outdoors, I often end up hanging out at the Cowie rig Friday evenings because Big B makes a great spread at yeah. the Cowie truck. And Eli camps out at the track and when we're there and there's not a million people and cameras we've had really just cool casual conversations and it's a side of Eli that I think it's hard on race day when there's so much going on but off off camera we've laughed and joked they've played cornhole and ring toss and all kinds of stuff and I'm like he's a normal guy if there was a camera that could just catch us right now it would probably put a lot of questions to bed but this happens all the time right you obviously don't love the media and the press and, and right now. A lot of people don't. RV actually. hated it. Look at how miserable that little guy was. For now, so but now long. he's good with but it. But now he's great. Now yeah. he's, he's around. He's laughing. He's smiling. He's drinking Coors Lights. Uh, Reed was not good when he first came over here. <laughs> he was not good. He was different. Like yeah. He was arrogant. and had, had, But now he's, he's kind of figured out, okay, like, kind of like you, he appreciates, okay, now I – this is part of the job. People aren't going to always want my autograph. I'm yeah. going to embrace that now and like really yeah. take it on. So I think as t- more time goes on, you'll maybe like it more and more. But for yeah. right now, you're, you're kind of a mystery to people. Cause yeah, you, I mean, I am. I'm not uh, – I'm, I would say I'm quiet on social media. So yeah, that's oh, that's another like, yeah, yeah, I'm just – yeah. You just don't like – what's with that? I, I just don't feel like I need to do – I don't know. I just, <laughs> I'm not that into it. Yeah. Would, you, yeah. would you prefer – like to racing me, without social media, like it was absolutely, in the nineties. Absolutely, yes. Like I, I feel like there's like there's pressure on me to like make a post. Like yeah, I, just, I don't know. It is weird, right? I, I like to have some privacy. Like yeah, but like I am a normal people. dude. Yeah. I just don't want to <laughs> show it to everyone on my cell phone. Yeah. Like yeah. I just yeah, I did learn like, I did learn something on social media. You and I drive the same truck, Raptor, and I have the same color. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. It's right out back. He's so happy. Oh, yeah. (laughs) We're teammates, bro. Look, I can go as fast as him in my truck. That's it. I don't know, Donnie. All right. So what do you do at home for fun? I know you're a bow hunter. We were trying to come up with like... Like like everyone does put me as as the bow hunter, but yeah, I I do hunt, but it's not like the only thing I do, right? What else do you do? Tell us what Eli Telmec does for fun. (laughs) I go to the lake in the summer. I do do the wake surfing stuff. Okay. Uh, and gosh, what else? You guys got a lake locally there? Yeah, we do have a local lake. It's yep. gotta be chilly. So that, that's like the summer hobby. Okay, is is the is the wake surfing stuff? What boat do you have? Um, a Mastercraft. So yeah. Okay, it's sweet. Yeah. Um, what about golf? 
I'm really on and off with golf. I was going to say, I thought I've okay. seen you I like to say, I'm before. in like my second retirement of golf right now. <laughs> oh, I'm done. No, <laughs> I, I, I got fully retired. Yeah. I'm making my 17th like comeback every, every, yeah, next week. Every six months in golf right now. But before, before that, I used to be really into golf in like 2013, 14, That's what I 15. thought I remembered. I would golf like three times a week. What do you shoot? Or what well, did you shoot? Well, then I was low 80s. Oh, really? That's oh, you're good. Like my, like That's eight, a good golfer. I would say average day was 82, 84, Jeez. somewhere in there. So I quit because I got this expensive set of ping clubs, right? I had to have pings. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and they went pong. Well, I said, okay, I'm going to go to the range. I'm going to hit balls. Like, I was starting to go because I was always 100, 105. Like, I was right in that window all the time. Yeah. So I did the range. I'm hitting buckets of balls. I'm listening to guys. I'm watching videos. Still shooting 100, 105. <laughs> I didn't improve at all. I said, I'm done. I, I would come home angry. My wife's like, I just, you just went away for six, five, six hours, and you come home pissed off. And you're done. Well, that's, stress reliever. That's, that was half <laughs> the reason I stopped <laughs> playing three times a week because it would, feeling it would like make my blood pressure go up. <laughs> you know, the yeah, like, is you it, start this being, isn't if relaxing. you get good enough, like you, you get disappointed at those bad shots. Yeah. And those bad scores. So it never gets better. Like an 88 hey, would just be horrible. Have uh, you ever thrown a club? No, not like hocked it. No, okay. no, I don't. I didn't get that mad. Really? Never no. threw, threw one in the drink. You do a little no. Pump? no, because no, it, then you got to go buy a new one. <laughs> I've done I this. Just get like a lost second. I'm like, nope. These cost money. I've done, I, I've stabbed it into the grass. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I've done that where you like murder the grass. I've done that a few times. I've boogered up the, the fairway pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> it ping ping goes home an angry little man. Yeah, well, I I did. And so then I figured out, now, I'll, I'll golf once a year-ish, and I drink. You have to. Quite a bit. Like, I drink like GL drinks. <laughs> I, mean, I, I get after it. Then, then, you, forget, then you forget the that's back big, nine. That's it. That, that is some big drinking. And I don't even make it to the back nine. Yeah. Um, so where, where are, you, are you living on your parents' land still? Do you have your own place there? No, so I have my own place now. Okay. Yep. Is it near where they're at? It's like 45 minutes. It's actually... Um, oh, jeez. It's, 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 it's in the Mancus city limit. Okay. So like my address would be, would be Mancus. But, um, so yeah, that's where I, I go. Like, cause I was pretty much going into town every day anyway, just to, to uh, Mancus into Cortez. Okay. So this is, it's funky. Like Mancus is a small town in the middle between Cortez and Durango. Okay. So I'm kind of in the middle so I can like shoot to Durango close to the airport, kind of split my airport drive gotcha. and I got out of, you know, just living at my parents. So yeah. So you bridge the gap. I bridge the gap. Yeah. yeah. Cool. yeah. You're saying you're going to Cortez every day for something anyway. Just so for something. So I'm like, just, yeah. yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Are all you, your tracks. And, and I'm 26. I've, well, I got my house when I was 23, I think. Are you, moved out. are you recognized in the town? I mean, when you go in, do you have people asking for autographs and stuff in there? It's not. It, it just goes in waves. Like, not for the autograph thing, but yeah, like, Cortez is, is cool because it's small town enough, like, where you you wave at people on the road like you don't flip them off, <laughs> you know? That's so, a California wave. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I actually was just through there in August. I went from the Royal Gorge down to Durango and then to Four Corners and came right through your area. It's just a lot slower paced. Yeah. 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 The minute it's, you leave SoCal, <laughs> anything's slower paced. Like it yeah. just, everything comes back down. Do you think you see yourself retiring, living the rest of your life, say in that area, Cortez? I think so. I can't even I th- pronounce I, I your really, new town. Mancus. Mancus. Yeah. Can you spell that? M A N C O S. Mancus. 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 Yeah. So, what else do you do? What else do you do for fun? Lake in the summer. Lake in the summer. Um, oh, 
I used to snowboard, but I don't do that now. So we cross country ski. Like when we get back in the spring, we can go cross country ski. That's pretty cool. Okay. Like there's still enough snow up on the mountain. So like we'll swap out a mountain bike day for cross country skiing. That's that, that's so good we, training. Yeah. I mean, I haven't done it personally, but oh, from it's, what I hear, it's actually it's really like the intense. gnarliest like full body. Because <laughs> the whole thing, yeah, going, it's just yeah. everything like your core and your, your legs and your arms yeah. is getting owned. The, the hard part for that is because uh, I've done it a couple times. It's dressing for it. It's just cold enough that you got to wear warm clothes, yeah. but once you then start you sweating, then you yeah, you're dripping. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's tough to pick the right clothing. Um, do you still ride with your dad quite a bit, mountain bike and stuff? Yeah, yeah. And he's running all I your mean, training? We, we go for mountain bike rides for fun. Like, not every yeah. ride's a train ride, so, yeah. you know, mountain bikes. I've seen too. some of your fun rides. Yeah. you got skills we in mountain have, bike, we too. We have e-bikes now, too, so we'll e-bike. Yeah. Oh, cool. Maybe that we was... could join in on training now. <laughs> no, listen. So I'm going to tell this story. for a training stitch. Did I tell you this story about that? I went on a ride with, you remember me and you and Aaron Gwynn went on a ride a handful of years back. Mm-hmm. And I said, when you guys are going to go do, like, a mellow training ride, call me, because I, I know I'm, I'm not even in the realm of where you guys are at. So I meet up with him and Johnny T and he, your dad was training Aaron Gwynn at the time. And Aaron shows up on a downhill mountain bike. This thing weighs probably 85 pounds. And he's in flat shoes, like sneakers, jeans, and a baseball hat on backwards. <laughs> and we're doing a ride called Skid Marks, which is a fire road to the top in yep. Elsinore. And then it's a pretty technical little downhill trail. And you and I were on cross-country bikes. I can't remember what your dad was on. Maybe like an all-mountain type of bike or something. Yeah. Um, and so... <laughs> We're cruising up, and I'm like already, you know, toward, near my red line, right? And these guys are just talking and casual. And then he, you and your dad flex. You take off, and he's like, ah, and he goes after you, and you're gone. I can't even see you anymore. And I'm talking to Aaron, and we're BSing, and he's just slowly sitting there pedaling. And he goes, all right, I'm going to kick off, see if I can go catch these guys. And I'm looking at him going, you're on a downhill bike. <laughs> or, or is someone going to pick you up and drive you to the top? And he stands up and just rides away from me. And I'm in, like, the full rubber suit, you know, everything I've got. And I'm about to explode, and Aaron's just riding away from me on a downhill bike. I pull on. And I think that's the last day I think I'll ever go ride with you guys, probably. (laughs) But with an e-bike, now we're talking. We're back in the game. I was going to say now. I might throw my name in that hat one day. You're not an e-bike hater because this is very divisive. Yeah. No, I think it. If anything, it's like brings more people into that sport, and until they start like really like roosting the dirt and actually. Yeah. I don't know why people would really be against it unless it is causing more. It's um, it's purists. They just yeah, yeah. Like if it's actually destroying the trail more or whatever, maybe. But I think it's it's all. I think it's all good. Yeah. Well, and I think I've heard you say this before. Just go ride one. Just go if, ride if one. If you don't too. like it, yeah. go ride one. Yeah, and then make a decision. Because I hadn't ridden one till I did. Like uh, if you just want to go have fun on a mountain bike and not yeah, blow yourself up. But it's but here's my it's other awesome. thought. Instead of doing this little 10-mile loop and shooting yourself, you can go and go further because you could use the power you got and make a bigger, longer ride and actually yeah. have some scenery and enjoy it. Instead of power housing around your house, I think it opens up it a can, bigger, yeah, bigger, well, bigger trail. Range. Well, what I found, I, I went and did that electric boogaloo race that Troy puts on up in Mammoth. and um, Boogaloo? That's a little e-bike race that he started a series. But what happens is, Sounds You're riding cool. twice as far, okay? So yeah. whether it's the same loop or whatever, or if you do a bigger loop. But the thing is, your, your heart rate's at the same place, wherever you want to have it. You're just going twice. You're going faster. So for me, it was like the climb and the downhill, I'm going faster. And that's more fun to me, yeah. right? So like I had a ball. I still got a crazy workout. But you're, it's more like a motorcycle because you're, you're you, able to really You can cheat along. as much as you want. If you want to go out and cheat and just do this the whole time, then yeah, whatever. That's up to you. Yeah. Most of us want to go get a workout and have a good time, but same thing. If I wanted to go with you, I would 
die on your mm-hmm. on your recovery ride. So put an e-bike in there. Hey, now we can have a good time. <laughs> so are you competitive with your dad on a mountain bike at all? Like, are you and your dad competitive with each other? Uh, not not as much as people would think. Like, it, I don't. It's just it's just different. Like we we just go ride. They had it's to just, just hang out. It's, you guys. Are I mean, hang- but there was a time like where there was like. Yes, battling uphill. I, I was going to say, I feel like there has been there a had years, to be though. a time where your dad is like, let me show you how to train, kid. And then at some point, there's a crossover. Yeah, there was the cross. I remember yeah. when I was a kid, my dad would wake me up before school at like five in the morning and we'd go for a run. And he was always a little overweight even back then. But when we'd run, if I picked up the pace, he would pick it up. And then when we got home, he could sprint and beat me. And it drove me up the wall. I'm like, how does this fat man <laughs> kick my ass every time we get home? And I tried and I tried and I tried and I even did um, cross country at school and I kind of worked on that sprinting later on. And then there was that day that I beat him to the house <laughs> and you just stood there like this. His chest was like huge. You didn't say a word. And he's like, yeah, my calves are cramping and it didn't feel so good. But I was like, it was almost that feeling of, and then he tried to challenge me once or twice after that. And then it was just like, well, you're the young athlete, you know. Go did ahead. you guys both recognize at the time that that was a crossover happening? I did. You did? I think he <laughs> held on as long as he could, and then he was like, all right, yeah. I give up. So are you going to have anybody out at the place this year? I know uh, Jeremy's been out for a bit and trained with you. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be alone in the summer. Like, it's no fun doing motos by yourself. I know, and I don't have, like, I don't have anyone, like, on my mind yet. On, on, I don't know. I, I might stick it out by myself because I'm hoping Jeremy will come back and, and be okay. But he's out. At least another nine months. It's pretty gnarly. It's, it's what he's going yeah, through. Yeah, it's gnarly. Yeah, it's sad. It was a very unfortunate. It was a very, very unlucky incident. The way it happened, and when it went bad, I feel like it couldn't have gone any worse. You know, sometimes we talk about when things go bad, it could have been a lot worse. His, the way he fell, they have a little storm drain. I mean, he came down, little over the bars, legs into the storm drain. Same thing. That sudden stop, mm-hmm. and it did not look pretty at all. But the fact that it's not healing, man, that really sucks. You know, come back well, and trying was, to get yeah, back on that, the bike. That like, was, that's yeah. got to be the the biggest yeah, devastation to any rider. Yeah, I mean, because he, he started training. He was he was yeah. even going on, like, small runs and mountain bike riding, like, thinking everything's all good. And he goes in for the checkup, and it, and it wasn't good news. So Terrible, man. It's starting pretty over. Pretty deflating, yeah. yeah. Um, what about other sports? Do you follow anything else? Fans of any other sports? <sighs> It sounds weird, but I don't really, like, get in anything else. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I'm i kind of just like, hey, I'll watch some Sunday night football. Like, I'll watch a Formula One race here and there, maybe a MotoGP race here and there. But I'm not, like, suckered into one thing. Super it's fan. kind of weird. Yeah. yeah. Super Bowl fan. Who's going to win? Are you, a, are you a Brady hater? I go back and forth. Those guys like they <laughs> I felt the same so way a little much. <laughs> like I know. How you do know, you not respect that? Uh, that's the thing, though, is you have yeah. to respect it because they're so good. Like, it's a double-edged sword with it's them. Double-edged sword. You want to hate them, but you have to respect them. Yeah. It's like uh, Anchorman, and uh, you know what's the guy's name? Damn it, I hate you, but I respect you. <laughs> <laughs> right. It was almost like McGrath for a little while. I mean, I remember being a fan as a kid. I think one of the reasons I was really loved like. Uh, Emig and LaRocco and certain guys was I knew that they were the guys that could take it to Jeremy and and when I met Jeremy I'm like I felt so bad that I used to not root against him but I just 
I, I, it wasn't even as much as I wanted to see him lose. I just wanted to see a battle. I didn't want to see yeah. him dominate. I, wanted to, I would be happy if they battled to the last lap and Jeremy won, if that made sense. But when he was so good and, and made the racing boring, it was like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so your, does your dad still program all your training? Yeah. He still does everything. With does yeah, he yeah, do it pretty with much you? Well, not like everything, but mountain bike rides, yeah. <laughs> does, I mean, because he's still busy. Like, he still runs, you know, does all our... F- the farm he's just yeah. like doing the farm stuff and, and that takes a lot of time that's like it's a legit it's, farm it's too, more right? than nine to five it's like six to eight yeah and he's like job in, and when he's back in colorado he's got animals and, and oh yeah and, and then we've got the animals the horses now he has we have some longhorns now oh cool how much do you help on the farm do you do, you do anything on there or did no, you I, before I, I really don't i should do more but I, like i'm so busy too doing yeah. what <laughs> you got your own job, right? I mean, I used to t- drive the tractors. Like, I used to be able to cut, which yeah. is cutting yeah. the alfalfa. I would rake the hay and bale it. The only thing I wouldn't run is the stack wagon. That thing's like a <laughs> contraption. Yeah, but I yeah. can imagine. Kill yourself if yeah. you pull the wrong lever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, in, in a perfect world, what do you, how do you see the next, say, 10 years going, the next decade? Do you see yourself still racing in 10 years? Yeah, like Chad Reed. I don't want to put a deadline on my career at all. If you would, but there's if you would no way I'm going to make yeah, it as okay. far as Chad will. Yeah, no that's, way. That's how I felt too. If you had asked me that question, I yeah, would say, I, you don't want to pass never. 300 starts or whatever. I feel Chad's like if be. I make it to 30, that would be sweet. Yeah. What are you now? 26. Mm-hmm. So that still gives you 27, 28, 29. Yeah. Okay, and then what you that would be, be like? How many titles do you win in those four years? In your mind. Come on, we're just, we're just BSing right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. Eight. <laughs> 20 Eight is a great 20. number, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I really okay, so want a titles. Supercross. Like, I re- yeah, sure. As long as I get okay. one Supercross in there, like... You feel like you're, you're satisfied. Yes. That would do it for you. I mean, that's okay. what I feel like I'm missing. And I am missing it. Yeah. Is the Supercross title. Well, for someone with it your... It drives me nuts because of those, so those past close. two seasons. Yeah. Well, also, too, it with, drives me nuts. With your wins, your records... And and pretty much have won every other championship. It is just the one that's that's sort of missing. And I and I got to imagine for you, it's got to seem like my career wouldn't really be complete without that. But with that said, if you won that next year, there's going to be that desire to want to go and defend it for sure. You want to mm-hmm. put yourself in those those record books. Um, with taking the championships aside, we know you'll get some more. After racing, what do you think then? Like you decide you stop. Do you have a plan, or do you just see what comes your way at that time? Pro wake surfer and Mancus. <laughs> well, I really like flying, so Mancus. I want to. Donnie, oh no, Donnie oh, just got God. so excited. He's Our show is going to go on another I wanna, hour. I want to fly. Like I don't know if I want to go be like a commercial pilot, but I want to fly. That's one thing I do want to like. Mute your own mic, please. Wow. Like Chase. Hey, I'm not. Hey, listen, I fly. Mute your mic. I fly every week. <laughs> okay. I have my license. So I just like That's I just rad. flew to Havasu for lunch day before yesterday. Really? Yeah. Yeah, we've gone to Catalina. So what are you flying in? A, a Cirrus SR20. It's, oh, nice. It's yeah, it's pretty yep. complex. Well, your brother has the parachute, right? Yes, it yeah. does. Yeah. That's, that's that's sweet. the reason I got on the plane with him. He said this one's got a ballistic parachute, and the only thing I know how to f- do on that plane is pull the chute. <laughs> He's like, every time I have to give him a new briefing on how to pull the chute. He's like, okay, I'm good. Yeah, well, I drank too much in between, so I, I know, forget the I know. details, and I want to start yanking all kinds of levers on those things. There's too many buttons, but it made me feel a lot more comfortable because he goes, I know how to fly, and I go, okay, we're flying, everything's great, and you have a heart attack or a stroke. 
fucked. Like, so I don't have anything I, else to do. Have you ever flown into Catalina Island here? No. Okay, so no, it, it looks like you're landing on an aircraft carrier, and that's the first place I flew it looks GL. looks like you're landing into and a so cliff. And so you turn, you turn final, and GL's like, you know what you're doing, right? I hope you know what you're doing. And I'm like, I don't want to kill myself, so I'm not going to kill I you. I stiffened up so hard, I was pushing the foot pedals, and he's like, stop <laughs> fucking moving the plane. <laughs> I'm like, sorry. Your yeah. brother's a Navy pilot, right? Air Force. Air Force. Air Force, yeah. Air Force, yeah. So is that kind of, that's what's piqued your interest a little bit? Or? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and now I've, I've been in a, I've taken a, a flight in a 172, a little Cessna 172, and it's just like a whole different um, perspective when you're in the front seat than to yeah. say when in the back. But it's very similar to riding and racing in terms of situational awareness and knowing the mechanics of the airplane and what it's going to do and how it's yeah. going to do it. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I haven't cool. spent a whole lot of time up front, but like I have, now that I have been up front, it's, it's so you, like, I really like it. You could see another career doing that, huh? In some form. I don't, in some form, yeah. It, it'd be, we'll be, be cool. going to a national in like 2025, and <laughs> this is your captain. You're like, I'm <laughs> speaking. Uh, want to welcome all our riders on board as we take our flight to Colorado. Yeah. I, I think the coolest job, well, fighter pilot would be the coolest job, but yeah. uh, like a private jet pilot, I don't even know how you get to that job, but like where you're flying people who are, are, uh, you know, renting much wealthier shit. than you. That's yes. who you're flying. Yeah, I think this that would be cool. Um, what does your brother fly? The C-17. Oh, he does. Yeah. Yep. So does he fly into March ever out here? I don't know if he's been into March, but like it, it's 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 pretty rad. Like like yesterday he was in Tokyo. The day before that he was in Diego Garcia, which is this tiny island in the Indian yeah, Ocean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like. C-17 is an amazing airplane. Yeah, it's pretty capable for how big it is. Yeah, and they can, cool. do short, they can do short yeah. strip landing and stuff. Yep. It's crazy. That's the one they constantly uh, do drills with at March, right? Yes, yes. They they yeah. there's a yep. few mm-hmm. of them, yeah. Okay. Yep. And they come over our shop Hey, if you want to go flying in the Cirrus, let me know. I'm, I'm out in Marietta. We can fly up on that offer, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I fly every week. Um, all right, so to, down to the last few questions here. Okay. Right? So kind of some broad stuff. To fans or media that who may have said you've been elusive over the, over time like what would you say to those people well it, it really is the truth right i mean i i don't expose myself to everyone or i might seem kind of like we do our own thing and it is the case like we live in colorado we don't have a lot of training partners like jeremy was the first guy we brought in to us really well i mean zach was there for a little bit but um we are kind of elusive yeah, I mean that, that really is the case, it's but at the end design, of the day, right? it's not like we're arrogant and cocky. We're just no. just more down low. Yeah, you know. I I think from from knowing you and your parents, I think you're some of the most humble people. But sometimes people take if you're not out there and throwing yeah. your name and loud yeah. and, and 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 social. I mean, I've been a bit of a social person, so people haven't said that about me. But I've looked at people. I mean, even Ryan Dungey. I mean, I know Ryan pretty well. He's my brother-in-law, and he's also one of those guys. He's like, yeah, you know, people have been up my ass about stuff for years, but I'm just not that guy. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm, I like to be on the back burner and do my own thing. I don't need to have it all out there in yeah. everyone's face. So different strokes for different yeah. folks, as I that's, always that's say. That's really what but it you, is. But you yeah. do have a substantial fan base. I mean, you have a huge <clears throat> fan base. I know. Maybe I should feed it a little more, but... Well, that's the know. hard part. That's the balance you've got to find, <laughs> yeah. right? You, it's yeah. it's not something you really enjoy or, or love. Doesn't mean you don't like the fans, but yeah. it's just you're a little more private. But some people may take like offense to that, you know, which is not fair to that's you. Right. But yeah, that's just the world we live in now. Yeah. Everyone expects you know all yeah. this uh, Instagram and, and Twitter and 
Facebook and everything, you know. Like, you should be putting out videos every day of what you're doing. We want to see pictures of your food that you're eating. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> Clipping yeah. his toenails or whatever. Yeah. How, how, organic, yeah. how organic is my food? It's more organic yeah. than yours, bro. Instead of keeping Chick. up with the Kardashians, it's keeping up with the Tomax. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all right. Um, do you party hard in the off season? That's the real question. <laughs> do we? I mean, is would there ever be a video that potentially could appear somewhere of like right. Eli streaking through the gymnasium or something because everyone was doing it? Although, like, September, I, I will say we have a good time at the lake in the off season. I was going to yes. say September in Mancus out on the Mastercraft. Yeah, a couple uh, cores lights yes, going. We have, I mean. a good, we have a good time. <laughs> yeah, I want to come. That was the that. important question. Yeah. <laughs> well, hold on. We can't get out of here without asking this. Assen. Motocross okay. Nations. It was a tough one this year. Yeah, um, it was tough. Just this, <laughs> this whole circumstances around it were rough. Like, those guys are good in wet and in sand. And yeah, we and took they, a wet track and we added sand to it. Yep. And we had this metal start grate that you guys had never gone to that was in a wet, muddy situation like that. And those guys had different tricks and stuff. We were just behind the eight ball. So you go to Aston, it's, you know, sand deeper than this backdrop here. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? How important is that to you? Well, I, I personally do want redemption. Yeah. Um, gosh, and it's tough to say. Like, those guys are really good right now. Um, they do. I mean, yes, they, like, they get their program. They get their starting grade. Like, the first moto there, I, I did half a donut off the starting grade. Like, you can spin on that metal. Oh, yeah. On our metal, you can't spin. Like, that's, that's an advantage they have, right? They're on their starting gate. Um, that's where I feel like I lacked a little bit, was a little bit of starts. And, um, but <clears throat> it, this, it, people do have a short memory. Like, we probably should have won the year before, right, when Jason got landed on? Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, so... Um, uh, oh, for sure. That's America's And culture, the year before right? that, I worked them at the USGPs. Yeah. Um, no, I, hey, but I'm they not. But they were better this year, yes, hands down. But it, everything, they were better. everything played into their strong suits. Like I said, sand, mud, track was completely different for us, different start than we were used to. It was all of these things. Yeah, but at the same time, like, they, they did come over to us, like, at Redbud. Like, they don't ride that track, so. Yeah. I give well, them a lot of credit. I feel like there was no advantage for anyone, really. You know, yeah. people thought, oh, it's an advantage being on home soil. And when I was there, I looked at the track, and I'm like, it looks, it looks a lot different. It was a lot different. You yeah. know, when you got close, when you stood from a bit of a distance, you're like, ah, I remember that track. It's a little different. And then you had a bike, bike problem on Saturday, too, right? Yeah, but there was, like, it just, I mean, look at where we finished. Like, that's, that's kind of where we were going to end up, it seemed like. Fifth, you bumped up. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. yeah, congrats. <laughs> Top five. You get um, fifth place money now. We're going to have our work cut out for us, though. Hell like, yeah. To yeah. Being that sand. Those Dutch guys are not going to I mean, I, I really like the sand, too. So I'm looking forward to it. Who do you think would be so the best team in your, in your mind right now? If you had to pick right now. Obviously, we don't know who will be healthier. I, 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 I don't know. Like, you got to find, you gotta find the guys. Well, that's what's tough about us is that or I mean for like that race, you gotta pick the, the guy that I think that's gonna be better in the sand, but at the same time, how do you do that? How do you what if what if the champion isn't the best guy in the sand? Like right. how do you tell that guy no? Yeah. That's where it's like too politically correct, like oh yeah. do you think there's a better way? Um like there's people that say, Oh, we need to commit more. The guys need to go over right after our last national and live over there and ride in the sand for a month. But 
that's not fair. That's not fair to ask of our guys, right? Like it's, you guys it's, have. It's not even logistically possible yeah, for these guys. And, that, and, that that, too. and that's the problem. It's a it's a bad time of year for that. Like, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And you you proved like you know, you can stay home, focus on Supercross, and make a million dollars the next weekend. <laughs> well, there is that too. Yeah. <laughs> All those guys that were stoked that they may have been right in front of you, right behind you, are like. Man, he just made it on one night. Yeah. But, uh, I haven't made it in my uh, career so far. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that Supercross program's not bad. Yeah. Um, well, I think you guys, that will be a tough one. But It's uh, going to be but tough. But it's still a team event. It's still Even a team if, Hurlings, event. if Hurlings is still the man and, yeah. and he, say, does win his class, a second followed by some wins means yeah. simple math. So. Well, and what was like kind of another out of the blue that weekend in Redbud was Coldenhoff. Holy crap. Where did that come from? Dude has never done that. That I I lived in Holland for two years and that track at Redbud reminded me of a couple tracks in Holland. I kid you not. The the, the dirt, the the, the sand and I was like I feel like I was at a Dutch national championship. (laughs) I swear to you. There was a couple moments I'm like, I'm in Holland. It's pissing rain. It's sandy and it's it's a little bit muddy but it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. It, there were so many things that took and me back to And you had a drink in your hand, hands. too. And, and you had in a both drink, hands. In both hands. You had a drink. <laughs> That's why I didn't sign too many autographs. <laughs> right. You're like, I can't put my drink down. Put I can't the Sharpie sign. in my yeah. mouth. Yeah. <laughs> um, did you, do you, when you watch those guys, particularly Hurlings, uh-huh. is there anything you take from them, like the way they ride, like a gear taller? Those guys are flowing turns. Like their style is different. You could, you know, yeah. I heard DeCoster say you could stand with your back to the track. And listen, and you could tell when an American rider went by. We're all I mean, like, maybe, maybe that was the case. I don't know. But if it's, it's a little like, bit muddy, looser, the bike's going to get into the RPM and spin more. Yeah. And if you're so used to riding that way, it is hard on a day when you got so much on your mind to just now go, oh, you know what? Forget about all this. Let me just no, start I'm just saying in general, it obviously yeah. works because Hurlings is fast. You know what I mean? And you, you get that bike in a taller gear and I think I think better. riding in a lot of deep sand mm-hmm. teaches you to ride that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, I did spend time there, so I feel like I was the guy that was in overrev and just making life difficult. And then you start you know, learning. Because you'd watch some of those guys in Holland, you're like, he, he doesn't look like he's going that fast. And you realize instead of burying the bike in the yeah. sand, they stay very light on top. And then you take a lap time, and you're like, oh, shoot, that does actually work. So you try and take what you know how to ride, mold it into that sort of style. But it is a bit of a science for sure. Yeah, yeah. Hold on, I got to go back to some mountain biking. Okay. Do you remember your parents ever telling you about the naked crit race that they had up in Big Bear? Did they ever tell you about this? <laughs> He's like, I, I didn't need to end the I conversation. Know. I just saw a naked crit hey, ride about I my parents. I maybe remember something. <laughs> he like, tried to get that out super, of his memory. Yeah. <laughs> so back in the mid '90s, Yeti used to sponsor a bunch of people. I don't know if you remember John Parker. You remember him at all? He owned Yeti. No, I, I know the name. He sponsored yeah. your dad. He sponsored Wardy and Johnny O. He, this guy would give bikes to everybody. I was when say, I, you're talking about a different Yeti, not not Yeti, Yeti coolers. Yeah, yeah. They still make Yeti mountain bikes, but <laughs> yeah. um, so I had a, when I was a pro circuit, I had a Yeti sponsorship, and he got me a, a factory downhill ride for a day. I did this downhill national at Big Bear, so I was up there for the whole weekend. And they do this thing in the village, and it was an annual thing. I don't know if they did it other places, but they would all come out and do this little criterium race, you know, a little small circle track or whatever it was, butt naked. <laughs> and so I'm sure your parents did it. And I just thought, no, I need to get some photos of that and flash a video. I'd be surprised if Johnny T did that. I could see uh, maybe Greg Herbold doing that, but I don't know. Yeah, Boris, Palmer, <laughs> yeah, those, those guys, guys are all doing it. Yeah, well, ask your parents about it. See what they say. Um, 
So, okay, you're in the meat of your career right now, I would say, pinnacle of it. Yeah. Um, but what, what legacy do you want to leave behind? What do you, why do you want people to remember you? It's, it's tough to say, like, exactly what I want. Just uh, Everyone struggles with this question. It, you it is hard. Like, yeah. Well, I would say, like, I want to just be a guy that the kids looked up to. Like, a good role model. Like, like yeah. a, just a good role yeah. model. Like, they liked, well, maybe they got something from my technique or, or maybe, you know, I, I treated them right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just a good role model. That's good. Like, I don't, I don't know if I'll be a record chaser or anything like that. So, yeah. Good role model. You got a, you got enough wins to be. You are a record chaser. You're you, someone that every yeah. time every time we you won an outdoor national, it's like you passed like a yeah some big legend of the sport. You know, not quite Bob Hanna, but you know what I mean. There's been uh, Jeff Ward. You're like whoa, you know he's got more than yeah. that guy or Johnny Amaro. So when you do look at it, you put it in perspective. You're like, if you didn't win another race, you, you would still go down as a absolute legend of the sport, and your name's in that. Yeah. Top twenty-five in a lot of categories. Yeah, and I that's think that's crazy. pretty impressive. Yeah, it's very impressive. Yeah. So, what do you say to your fans then around the world to close it off? <sighs> Who won't hear anything from you on social media? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is your chance. <laughs> I'm coming for you. <laughs> well, hopefully this this interview like summed up a little bit of Eli Tomac. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. No, I, I yeah. totally did. I, I learned something about you. you yeah. Know? Like, yeah. I, I feel like I know your mom better than I know you because she'll get her hair cut probably by the my truth. wife. Yeah. And so I'll go out and chat with her for a while, but. Um, until I get invited up to Mancus to go wake surfing. <laughs> this is going to have to do. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, thanks for taking the time to come on. We really appreciate it. Uh, we don't take your time lightly. I know you probably pooped from testing all day, but uh, <laughs> good luck the rest of the season. And I appreciate the time, bud. All right. Thanks, guys. Yep. Thanks, ET. Yeah. All right. All right. We'll be back. Cool. That's Eli Tomek. 4WP is more than a store. We're truck and Jeep experts. From wheel and tire upgrades to full custom builds, 4WP has you covered. Do your rig right. Shop online or find your store at 4WP.com. Counting all the assholes in the room. Well, I'm definitely not alone. Well, I'm not alone. You're a liar. All right, everybody, welcome back. Welcome back. What a good time with Eli Tomac, man. We got him to, to open up a little bit. Heard about the back injury, some of that stuff. So Yeah, some stuff that was not yeah. publicly known. I mean, there was some rumors and a little chirp going around that something had happened. And uh, I feel like at some point we get some little nugget out of each guest where we go, that hasn't been said before, which yeah. which is cool. And and I think another thing with, with Eli is with his sort of call it corporate, you know, stiff front that he shows, you gotta see there's an Eli Tomek behind it that's a real human being and a cool guy and actually is a genuinely nice human being. Yeah, you know, not not everybody has that uh that gift of gab or that wants to be out in the limelight. You can tell he just genuinely doesn't really care about publicity or or any of that. He's He's a lot more private, and he's very family-oriented, and he likes to be at home, and yeah. I, I can appreciate that. I respect it. Um, he's a super good dude. That was really fun to have him in. Yeah. Stoked. Cool. Uh, all right, we're going to get into our Decal Works last call. Decal Works, uh, just the absolute leader in graphics for your bike, uh, but not only that, plastics, they can... You can buy plastics, have graphics mounted up to them. They'll send them all straight to you. We've got some brand new... We even got a 1,000... 
Langston Motorsports sticker sheets coming from these guys. So we can place them yeah. all over the bikes. They do everything, whether it's big jobs, little jobs, custom, bu- bulk buys as well. Yeah, we did, we did some uh, stickers for Paleo Ranch Foods. They'll do anything you want. These guys are awesome. And the turnaround time is phenomenal. It's incredible, right? Yeah. Just professional, the way everything comes, they're, they're on it. So uh, decalworks.com, check those guys out for your next uh, uh, graphic purchase. And we've got some really cool Whiskey Throttle Show graphics. Uh, we finally got them. We're getting them mounted up on the bike. I've just been too busy to wash my bike, but uh, I'm anxious to see this thing all done up, and uh, we'll bring it in and show you guys some photos. Um, those are going to be available to purchase for all brands, too, soon. Uh, we will let you know when, but you can go on and custom make graphics, do their semi-custom graphics. They've got bike mats, um, all kinds of things. So check those guys out. Uh, in this installment of Decal Works, last call, the boys at Decal Works are bringing us Andrew Short. Shorty, what's going on? It's Ping. Ping, man. Just got to California, and it's, uh, it's a bit of an adjustment coming from Texas. Back out here, battling the traffic, and good day at Glen Helen for me. A little bit of rain, so... Yeah, but even the freeways in Glen Helen have to seem pretty calm after uh, the deserts of Dakar. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, the roads. <laughs> hey, tell me about that thing. Yeah, the roads in Peru are they're out of hand. So the traffic makes uh, the 91 or even driving to L.A. look um, pretty simple. And I don't know, it's just chaos down there. So it's part of the race, part of the experience. Um, but the the riding and the terrain, just the race in general, it, it's super fun. Well, uh, it seems crazy to me. Like what what you're wide open across the desert, you can't see. I mean, I watched your teammate who just bombed it off that dune and grenaded himself. I'm just like, man, that could happen so easily. You know, you just lose focus for a second, and all of a sudden you're flying through the air on a 500, 600-pound bike, whatever they weigh. I don't know. They're like, they look like they're 5,000 pounds. But yeah. what what got you into that? What made you want to do that? Yeah, I mean, it is that, it's kind of rally, like what you said, um, that style of racing, and you got to hang it out. And that's typically not something that, um, I, so, you know, I didn't ride that way um, with motocross and supercross. I was always kind of consistent and maybe should have took more chances at times. But I loved trail riding, I loved going on adventures, I loved adventure bikes, everything, um, when I wasn't racing motocross and supercross, so once I got into the off-road stuff, I started checking out Dakar, and then I got hooked, I, I tried uh, uh, an actual rally bike, and then I went to my first rally race down in Mexico, which I never went to Mexico, I was always scared of it, but once I went to the Sonora Rally, uh, I got the bug, and then from there, just one thing led to another, and then I was trying to race, and then I wanted to do Dakar, and then it became a reality, so it was really cool uh, for me, just the transition, but it's also, it's brought the joy back of racing, and I do it for different reasons, I don't really necessarily have to do it, but I love to do it, and these are life experiences and adventures that um, I'll remember for the rest of my life, so. Those are some of the reasons why I got into it, and now why I'm hooked. Um, it's, it's really cool, but it is a bit dangerous, like you said. Well, what's the hardest part of it? I mean, is it is it reading the navigation stuff and and uh, like the 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 stuff that you have to do outside of riding, or is it actually riding the bike? I mean, what's the biggest challenge you found? Yeah, it's everything. There's multiple challenges, and that's what makes it so fun. It's always so diverse and. Those challenges never end, and when you're tested like that, um, you're really you really feel alive. And sometimes those emotions are 
are scary where where you are scared and some are just really fun just exploring new places and but the navigation is really tricky and I've gotten much better at it but it's kind of like suspension testing you never have the magic like you're always testing you know and trying to get better that's how it is with navigation you're always trying to get better and being more precise and but there's a lot of strategy, and you need experience, and you have to reach the desert at high speeds, and um, so it's it's never ending. And I love those challenges, and I like kind of living life um, to the fullest, and that's rally to a T. Well, dude, I, I just tell you, we're all proud of you over here. Top five, your first tryout is pretty insane. I yeah, it was yeah, it was my second time. The first time I got smoked, so it's not <laughs> something that's, that's super easy. So. I was stoked to get uh, fifth, and I was hoping, happy to come home not broken and a million pieces, kind of like last year. So um, I was stoked. So thanks, thanks for the support. It's, it's been pretty, pretty cool. And you were telling me uh, we talked not long ago, and you said it's it's different because it's like one event that you prepare for the whole year, and it's over. It's not a series or anything. So that's what kind of led you into the works racing stuff that you're doing now. So I can assume you'll do Dakar again, but in the meantime, you're gonna you're going to do some works racing. Yeah, um, I'm stoked to do works. It's kind of the perfect blend for me. There is a, a world rally series, but there's only four events, and they're all over the world, which makes it difficult. But in between, um, I'm hoping – well, I'm not hoping. I am doing works racing, and I'm hoping that will bring some intensity back to my riding and, and also have some fun. I, like I said, I don't really need to be doing this, but if I'm going to do it, I want to have fun. And racing motorcycles is – is completely different for me now, and I love that I'm able to do this and in this opportunity. And I don't really know what to expect with work, so I've only done one, and it seems like a cool cross between motocross and, and desert racing. And the vibe is really cool too. It's not so cutthroat like motocross, and um, everyone's really friendly, and it's kind of like how you grew up racing. So I'm looking yeah. forward to doing that. I've done a couple, and that's exactly the, the vibe. It's it's much more laid back. The guys at the front of the pack are hauling the mail yeah. for two hours, but um, it is, like you said, not quite as cutthroat. I think you're going to do great over there, man. Excited for you. I hope so. But those guys are fast. I don't want to. They uh, really are. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They, uh, <laughs> it's basically like a sprint speed. At least for me it was. I'm thinking, ah, well, you guys could have that. I'll be cruising back here in the 20th. Um <laughs> We're also, I don't know if people know this or not, we, we've got uh, one of the partners in the, in the show, and uh, it's a company that you and I are both partnered up in, is Paleo Ranch Foods. Um, what can you tell me about those products? I mean, obviously I know, but I think it's cool that you and I and even our producer, Donnie Bales, are all partners in this thing. Yeah, no, I love the people that are involved with the, the product, and I love the product too. It's, you know this lifestyle I, I was kind of mentioning, it's, you're so active, and for me, I live out of snacks in my jacket while I'm racing, and these products are high quality, good for your body, and for me, those are things that I would buy, so that's why I want to be a part of it, and it's cool just to to see, you know, what's in the future for them, and what they have coming, and what they already currently have, it, it fits my lifestyle perfectly with, with all the snacks that they have, and it, it's cool, so I love it, um, it's definitely interesting for me but um you know it's, it's cool I, that's why we were talking before and i i think they have bright things um for the future and and for me right now it's just it fits my lifestyle perfect and, you know everybody can relate whether you're sitting on the back of a tailgate at the track 
or uh, you're at your kid's soccer game or you're that kid at the soccer game. These are all uh, snacks and products that you would like and, and love. Well, yeah, that's the cool thing. We've talked about this before, but the great thing about them is everyone is so busy now. It's hard to sit down and make a meal and eat, you know, these four good meals a day or however many you're eating. It's like sometimes you need to grab something to go. And they've got skinny bars, mega bars, beef jerky, bacon jerky, just really clean, healthy food. So uh, paleoranch.com, check those out. Um, last question, man. How's, how's everything at home in, on the on the ranch in Texas? Family good? <laughs> yeah, family's good. And, uh, I've, I've enjoyed having some time back there with uh, the family. And they love my son's a little redneck. My wife is full on redneck. <laughs> they love it. But my daughter's more like me, and uh, she's playing basketball and whatnot. I relate a lot more to my daughter than I oh, do yeah? uh, my son. So I'm not the fisherman or hunting type. And God, he kind of scare me. Yeah. yeah. So, but family's good, so thanks That's for That's funny. Your wife's taking your son out to teach him how to shoot and clean fish. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, like, yeah. While well, I'm inside. Yeah, he's right inside. Right now, the grocery list, you know. Sewing up the clothes and, I don't know. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> well, hey, man, I'm, I'm just stoked you're still around the sport and in it. It's definitely better with you around. So um, uh, we need to get you in on ha- have being the guest on the Whiskey Throttle Show here real soon. Yeah, well, thanks for having me on this, and I appreciate it. And hope you guys have a, a good time there. All right, buddy. Have a good test out here. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks. See you, bye. All right. See you, bye. Good to hear from Andrew Short there. All right, we're going to move on to our four-wheel parts get-at-me Q&A. Four-wheel parts, your one-stop shop for everything truck and off-road, van, UTV-related. Tires, wheels, whether it's Method, Dunlop, you can get in there and buy anything you want for any of these off-road vehicles. They'll do the work for you. They'll mount everything up. It's professional. It's clean. These guys are absolutely the industry leader when it comes to off-road products. Fourwheelparts.com, the number four wheelparts.com. Check those guys out. Donnie. What do we got? What do we got on Twitter today? Oh, we got a, a question for you guys. Uh, what do you guys miss about racing the most or the races? Uh, I, th- I think for me... <laughs> what a, a long pause. Uh, <laughs> well, for me... <laughs> Nothing. Um, <laughs> no, I think, you know, and, and that old saying, you let the dream go. But I do miss that uh, feeling of showing up somewhere... Not knowing you're going to win, but trying to believe you're going to win. Then you start doubting yourself the night before the race. Like, oh, do I have it? Can I make this happen? I'm not the favorite. There's so much against. And then you go out and you win and you just leave there. And that old saying, you feel like you're on top of the world. That is a feeling that I've had a few times in my life that is just nothing can ever replace that. Do I miss it? Sure. But I enjoyed that moment I had and and I'm happy to move on. But I would say those moments is the, is the one thing I miss. I don't, I don't miss the injuries, the doctors, the traveling, you know, a lot of the other things, but I, I, I miss that feeling of that big challenge. I'm sure people at home can relate. You've got a big project at home, remodeling the bathroom, the kitchen, whatever, and you don't know if you can do it. You think you can, you tackle it, and you get it done, and you're looking, and you're like, we did this. Like, <laughs> yeah, we did this, you know. I think that's yeah. the one thing I miss. Besides that, I'm quite happy to be a fan that enjoys watching other people have that same feeling. Yeah, I would say along those same lines, uh, there's a really, uh, the thing that popped in my head was a Vince Lombardi quote where he says, you know, uh, paraphrasing, you know, that men, are, men, are, men that are competitive, um, the, the, the best feeling in those world is to be out there on the field of battle, exhausted, just giving it everything you have, 
going for the win and you end up victorious, right? Yeah. You've put all this work into it and to see that come to fruition, man, there's just not a better feeling in the world. I had that happen at, you know, in much fewer times than you did, but it's a feeling that just yeah. can't be replaced, man. Winning a race is like, it's a drug. If they could, if they sold that on the streets, I'd be a crackhead living under yeah. a bridge. Uh, the other thing that I did love about racing is the schedule. Just being able to like make your own schedule. You weren't beholden really to anybody other than you had to get on a plane on the weekends, but like if you wanted to sleep in, you could sleep in and, and run a later schedule. If you were an early bird, you can get up. You know what I mean? You could do whatever you wanted. Probably yeah. not too many championships with the sleeping in part. Well, though. as a guy who now, <laughs> it's like I have to be to work at this time. I got to be here this time. You know, you have a lot of obligations and as a it's, racer. It's, it's a different structure. The, it is. the difference is you can you fine control tune it. it to yourself. Yeah, yeah, you control it. Hey, I'm kind of living on that uh, schedule where I just get up when I want. Well, you're a made man. You, yeah. you, uh, that's, you're, that's not reality. Yeah. All right. So uh, don't be an asshole. Make everybody. There's not too many guys that send their wives off to work to, <laughs> to bring home the bacon. But you know what? I applaud you for that. She wants. Maybe to you're go. actually she the smartest one in the group. Yeah, he is. Don't he's sitting go. there kicking it. Look, if you could see him right now, he's like this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you guys keep chatting. I'll tell you what I don't miss is watching when I see guys get hurt or I see just everyone charging into the first turn in a big pile up and dudes go flying. I'm like, I do not miss that. I hate the feeling of. I remember a couple of times waking up in hospital and just like didn't really know where you were at, who was around oh. you, and just having tears because it's just the worst feeling when you literally don't know who you are. Yeah. Well, you I know, know that's hard for people that have never been knocked silly, that exact feeling, but that's, that's the thing that's the worst part of our sport. The surgeries and the recovery in that, when you're conscious, to me, mm. I, can, I can plan and handle that. Like, you go, oh, that sucks, another surgery, but I'm planning for that it's the waking up going i don't know what happened who i am like where are we going it's a horrible feeling yeah all right what else we got all right jim from long beach wants to know how will the racing change when it gets back east and what rider will benefit most i i think we're gonna see um as always happens this is not any kind of profound statement but the cream's gonna rise to the top i think that uh you're you know obviously jason anderson's out now but you're gonna see moose can get a win yeah. When we get to some places where the whoops are smashed down and he can hop through them, you're going to see Eli Tomac get some wins. Um, I, from what I heard out of Eli tonight, it sounds like he's making progress quickly to getting to where he's comfortable, and that's, that's a dangerous Eli Tomac. Um, I almost think maybe this back injury once again might have been a blessing. You might be right. I, if he it, wins this championship, I'm telling you, I'm going to say his back injury helped him win that title. Kept his expectations low. And started off start and built yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. You don't win a season in the first five rounds, but you certainly lose it. And when you're too confident, I've seen it with many a rider. I think Roxon's original injury. Too confident. He didn't need – if you watch it, he should have doubled that section. But a racist goes, I still got it. But with knowing your pace, your speed, and how much time in racing, he should have doubled it. I yeah. mean, it's easy to say, I've done those mistakes. I've been there. But with Eli being on the back foot, I kind of feel like he's building. And uh, I think a lot of riders, that's, that's the scary part when riders build confidence during the season, which is also what Tomac ha I mean, uh, what uh, Webb has at the moment. So that's, you got a few guys well, feeling pretty good. <laughs> that's the interesting thing. I think Moose Can's coming back. He's, he's building from feeling, that knee injury. Yeah. Eli's doing the same thing. I think Cooper's already riding that high. We'll see how, he, how well he can maintain that. And then I think you've got Ken Roxon, who's been just consistently there. And I, I know he's still got issues with that hand. All last summer, he couldn't even shake hands with people. He was shaking people's hands left-handed because 
that squeezing down on his hand was so painful. So uh, in talking to people on his squad, it's still not 100%. And I don't know that it will ever be 100%, but I yeah. think he's going to continue to get better as it goes. And that dude's just talented. So I, he's going to get a win here soon. I don't think it's long. His talent's kept him at that level he's at right now. That's not bulldog grit. That, mm -hmm. You know, that's finesse, talent, and being smart. Yeah, yeah. He's fun to watch that way. So, yeah, I think uh, prediction is it's going to be very unpredictable. But uh, <laughs> uh, I, should be great I, I don't really know. I don't like to make predictions. Yeah. Anyway. I think that's a bunch of horse shit because who knows? No one knows, right? Like, we can make predictions all day long. And if you get it right, cool. If you don't, oh, well. Webb's so. on, a, on a high right now. And, and I hate to say this, but I always talk as in history. He's also one crash first turn pileup away from shaking out that confidence too. So, and I'm not saying that's going to happen. And I hate pointing out things that can happen that are negative, but that's the reality of the sport. We've seen it, and I've said it over and over. I've said, someone's like, wow, this guy's killing it. I'm like, yeah, but he's doing great. But one crash will change it all. It's only a matter of time before you hit the ground hard. And when that happens, a lot of times those fresh or the rookies, they have a harder time just re you know, rebounding immediately. Um, I still think, like you said, um, with Roxon, I don't think we're going to see a huge improvement through the year. With Kenny, we've seen that he's – I want to say he's that minute building block right now. I think the two danger men would be Muscan. He's won before. He knows how to win. And I think Tomac, that was sitting here a little bit earlier because – probably because he was in the studio, we've seen that little smirk in a sense. He's got that little – I don't know, that little cheeky grin that makes me think – this is a guy that yeah. could catch fire, and I think if that happens mid-season, I think that'll carry him through, and it's going to be fun. Yeah, I, I picked up on that same thing when he kind of said, we're getting close. I saw I, that, I'm too. getting really close, and he kind of smirked, and I went, yeah. oh, boy. If I had to race against him for the rest of the yeah. season, I'd be like, oh, yeah. oh. Oh, crap. Yeah. You'd what also else? be like, oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> what else we got? Well, Brett from the Land Down Under wants to know... Why some riders are way better at starts than others, and how can the ones that aren't so good get better? Uh, down Under, you mean Australia, right? Our good buddy yes. Brett from Down Under. I'm like, wait, from where? Oh, oh well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, he, if you dig a big hole, you'll find him. It's interesting, because you, you look at uh, like a Mike LaRocco. This guy just could not buy a start his entire career. Uh, and then uh, Michael Lessie or, I don't know, who's another great starter now? I mean, Cooper right Rainford. now. <laughs> well, Cooper right now. Right. Well, I, I, I think feel like with these metal greats, you can't, it's not like the old days, you can't say, oh, he's going to get the whole shot. They're so close, and then it's literally this, mm -hmm. and then it quickly shuffles 15 guys back, and then there's five guys coming in. Remember when Shorty was like starting in like seventh gear, and he <laughs> was getting whole shots? Third gear starts, yeah. yeah, he was pulling them all the time. I, frankly, I don't like all of the crap that they've. Um, come up with now to remove skill out of a start. I, if it was my own personal uh, decision, I'd say get rid of this metal gate crap, go back to dirt, get rid of start devices, make those illegal. You can't compress your suspension artificially in any way. And make guys go back to actually having to have some technique of releasing the clutch, applying the throttle, and picking a gate. It, it, it makes that heat race gate pick even more important because if your rut comes out of the gate and it does a big hook, well... Should have done better in your heat race, sorry, or qualifying. So I like to see, I like those days of it where there would be a bigger separator off the start if a guy was oh, really sure. good or I if agree. he sucked at it. And it separated them like you talked about. Now, now there's a bigger break between the guys going into that first turn where now 
they literally just find that they've got a light on their fender that shows them where their RPMs need to be. They just sit into the one little position, little launch position, and dump the clutch. And it's wide open. As long as they shift the gears right, everyone's dead nuts even going into that first Yeah, turn. and some of these start devices, even they have multiple uh, stages where they're higher and lower, and they decide where they're going to put it. And yeah, I think now with the grate, they're all kind of sticking to one. But, they they, are, they, yeah. you know, depending on the dirt, if it was tackier, they'd have it a little deeper. And if it was a, a yeah. Phoenix type of dirt that was hard packed, they would have it a little higher, so it would weight the rear a little bit more. We've just we're taking skill out of the start, and I, I don't like that personally. I think we're making it so what? so even that now there's that's twenty guys going into the first turn side by side. Can anyone tell me that any other sport that you could be on pole position and the guy that qualified last could literally pull up next to you, and no one took that gate because the rut literally turns right into your line. And here comes Patrick Potato. Hey, <laughs> hey, Ping. They're stoked to be next to you. Patrick Potato. He yeah. shows up at He's several main good. events. He's pretty good. But <laughs> now you're going, I, I've dominated the whole night. But if Patrick Potato does what that line looks like, he could ruin my night. So I've said it before. I personally think a start should be more... Um, advantageous for those yeah. who qualified better. So, I've, sort talked of like, about, um, I've talked about a, a swinging start, I've to, whatever. But And I get why people want it this way and even it up. And that's just been sort of our sport. But you're doing this great. You're doing this. You're doing that. Truth be told, I think Bogle went to the LCQ and pretty much almost whole-shotted. Yeah. Mm. And I think that's cool that a guy can have that chance. Don't get me wrong. Excuse my French. What the fuck does it matter if you win your fucking heat race? You get a few extra bucks, but you really don't benefit from it. The main event is where the points are paid, and there's no benefit from being first gate. In mm. fact, I think it penalizes you because now another team can go, he wants, we want him to win, so we'll put him this side, and then his teammate, call him Patrick Potato, mm -hmm. is on the other side, and his job is to do that, whatever. There's a way to just basically eliminate any advantage in what you're saying now, hey, you're a good rider. Oh, don't worry. We've taken that away as well because you can pretty much be Patrick Potato and get the whole shot. Well, qualifiers yeah. would and be I, more I don't like important that. too. Day I mean, the uh, time practice would be more important. Guys for would gate try, pick. For exactly. Pick. Guys would try harder. So now to qualifying get a time. Is, is just like F1, MotoGP, yeah. these real racing sports where pole position was a big deal. In our sport, guys are like, yeah, I could whole shot from any gate. You know, I just got to make sure I get through the heat race. I don't want to go to the LCQ. That sucks. We, we're losing that. Why are we freaking racing? Why don't we just line them up and do three, three main events like they did at A2? Why have qualifiers? It really doesn't freaking matter anymore. So, Besides just getting in. Ninth in a heat race? Yeah. Anyone can go down. Any top guy can go down the first turn and do that. And on the flip side, they can go, hey, you know what? I can still win this main event because I can line up way out there. In fact, if I don't fuck the start up, I will have the best angle coming in the first turn, so I don't have to shut off. So I've got, yeah, it's a high-risk situation, but you didn't have an option. You're lined up out there. Yeah, but who was it? Now Kenny, put Kenny you in a, position. a couple of races ago, right? He There's was on the several, over the years, yeah. several guys. I've done it before. And I personally think going from the LCQ, being out there and getting the whole shot is bullshit. There's a rad old clip of Bradshaw doing that. I think it maybe L.A. or something. He goes around the outside on this berm, just yeah. laid in. So you'd like to see it more like Bud's Creek. Where that inside gate, unless you miss a shift, you're going to get the whole shot, right? And it's a tight But it still gives guys next to you the option to out-jump you and get across. Yeah. But he's still going to come out okay. So yeah. each guy should be like a foot behind the guy 
in pole position. Well, put the start like this, man. It's yeah, that's slanted. what I'm saying. It's like you just, it's just staggered back. The GPs kind of did that a little bit. MXGPs, the way they set it up, and you would see pole position guy take first gate, second, second, mm. you know, because they would grade on the on the other side. I think leave it dirt. I like the packing, the whole. I think it it just shows you the character of the rider. Hey, he likes a deep ride. He fills it in. He. I think there's stories to that, and it shows the rider's technique, personality, everything like that. You put the grate there. It it it's literally taking away any advantage. It's like saying. What's the point of being number one or 22 when you go to the gate? Mm. You could be right next to each other anyway. And I personally don't agree with that because in Formula One, the 22nd place driver can't line up on the front row. Hey, we've gone completely off the rails. This was about why do some <laughs> riders get starters and right. some are. I like okay. it though. <laughs> we make, start, position, great again. Like something, I don't know. Massa. All right. Yeah. Well, so what is our answer to the question? I don't know why. Go faster off the Some gate. people have better reaction time. I, I, I don't know. Now is it, it's, is it, it's, it's literally like right? if my elbow is just in front of yours, I do that, you get shuffled. So it's, 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 if you watch it, it's like a slow motion shuffle. There's 22 bikes, and then in a bit, you can see there's about 10, and then in a little bit, there's five, and then coming in the turn, there's three. So it used it's to be- literally, It's a pyramid system. It used to be more technique. That's what I was trying to get at. Is it used to be more technique-based when it was- Technique really got you out, out front. Now, well, with technique, you could tell the guy that was going to get the whole shot five feet over the gate. Right, right. You were like, boom, that's him. Now it's like, eh. you're right. You can't. You and then the guy, the guy, on the, they focused, and the guy on the outside leaves the brakes and takes it. The guys right. that are just barely qualifying, they're jumping off the gate, like nearly as quick as the guys that are really fast. They're all the same. Yeah. It's they're literally really just are. dump your clutch. It's just, yeah. Amazing. Which no. is great. You got anything else? Nope. We're good. That was it. Yeah. Well, All we right. left off on a good note. Well, yeah, Brett I, from Oz. Thanks I, yeah, for the question. Yeah. Uh, thanks to everybody that, that uh, sent questions in. Get us your questions. Next week, we have uh, Adam Ciancerillo coming in. It's going to be a live show. It's going to be a lot of fun. And we'll answer your questions right here live on the show. So give us, us questions for us as well, not just our guest. No, Most people no, we, are we get, sending questions to the guest. Yeah, we get a lot, of, the guest. a lot of questions for the guest. And feel free if you've got something you want to know. We, we do we will include take it. some of those good ones if we haven't had it on our list already and add them in. But we want questions you'd like us to. Yeah, there's, so there's two. Go off on a tangent to about. yell about it. If you want us yeah. to scream and cuss and make a Patrick Potato reference, we're going to need questions. And for about us. his aunt with balls. Yeah. yeah. Grant's aunt has balls. That is what we found out. No, today. she had them removed. Oh. That's right. That's why she's my aunt. So our Twitter handle is at W underscore throttle underscore show. It's terrible, but that's what it is. Um, <laughs> At Whiskey Throttle Show is our Instagram handle. Get it, uh, Feel free to please follow us and comment and post as you see fit. You can send us an email at info at thewhiskeythrottleshow.com. You can send me an email at ping at thewhiskeythrottleshow.com, gl at thewhiskeythrottleshow.com, or go to thewhiskeythrottleshow.com and just check it out. You can buy tickets on there. That'll send you to Road to Recovery. Again, our live show, February 8th. Is that right? February 8th? Yes. Yep. Friday night. Yep. Uh, we've got the yeah, two-time winner this season, Adam Ciancerillo, coming in. It's going to be a lot of fun. Well, depending on San Diego, the could way it goes. Could be three-time winner. Yeah. Could it be could be that. Winner. And with that, I think he would be coming in here as the points leader as well. Potentially. He's looking good. We don't make predictions. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know if he'll win or not, but it's going to be a damn good time no matter what happens. 20 bucks gets you in the door, free 805 beer, free pizza, and a, just a good time all the way around. You can get drinks back here at the Handlebar. Grant and I will be hanging out. 
Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Before so and in. after. I do want to thank our sponsors, uh, PowerDot. Go to PowerDot.com forward slash Whiskey Throttle and uh, get signed up to win. We will be get pulling names and giving away a PowerDot on the live show as well as a set of Method Race Wheels. Um, and you also want to get signed up for that uh, Method Race Wheels Dirtfish Rally Driving School. Uh, get yourselves in that contest, please. You're not going to want to miss that. Troy Lee Designs, thank you for supporting the show, providing us the saloon here. This place is a lot of fun. If you haven't been here, man, come see a live show. It's really, really a good time. Decal Works, thank you for their support. I want to thank Dunlop, um, Langston Motorsports, Racer X, Paleo Ranch Foods. And that's it. Donnie, thanks for the help tonight. GL, good, fun, good times as always, bud. Yep, and um, have a great night. We will see you guys on the next show, February 8th. Go, go,